Not a one, Matt said, groaning inside. Not a single bloody one. Don't worry, Matt. I was groaning too. My aim has been off lately. I can't I click the eye thing to get the thing to play. Yeah, you can't click a, a button. I need to, We need to set up the stream deck again because it was so much easier back then. I know. Every time I go to stream, I'm like, oh, no, never mind. I don't have that. What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Claire And this is the Nerdy. The Wordy. The Book Club. Let's go. A Memory of Light, Episode 3, Todd Day. We are covering chapters 21 to 28 of the final book of The Wheel of Time, don't worry, Clarus is doing something? I'm just pulling it up and I'm liking Did the smash button. Did you just hit the dislike button on our video? No, I... Wow. I, I, <laughs> Guys, Clarus hit the dislike button. Who did it? How Samit Khan, thank you for joining the Nargs of the Nerd Table. Welcome to the Nerd Table. Good morning, friends. And Slickjack. I'll let wow. you take this one. Wow, wowie wow. Oh my god, guys. We literally just got here. Please calm down. <laughs> Oh, Slick Jack, thank you for that super duper chat. Uh, for the birthday girl, thank you. I have to go, but I'll get the video later. Yeah, you will. Yes, yes, you will. I, I want your birthday balloons like centered. I got balloons, us. guys. Nerdy got me balloons. I did get you balloons. They're very yeah. cute. They're honestly, they're great. They're great. I love um, them. Oh, look at that. Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I, I have Slick not Jack. given you a present for your birthday yet. Uh huh. Uh, and it's I won't for a few weeks. Yet. It's fine. Uh, tomorrow is Clarissa's birthday. Unfortunately, um, the thing that I bought you, that I'm very excited for, mm -hmm. uh, will be unboxed, will be unwrapped on this show. Oh, I didn't know that. At some point. It okay. has to be on, you'll understand why it's on this show when we, when it gets here. All right. If you when you so. open it, you'll be like, this makes sense for the Nerdy Wordy Book Club. Uh, oh, 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 interesting. Okay, cool. That doesn't help you at all, I promise. Oh. It's not relevant to the Wheel of Time? It might be. Great. I love that. Blue, thank you for 10 gifted memberships. Blue, thank you so much. Good Welcome morning. back. How you doing? Zetarog. <laughs> All right, you guys do birthday stuff. I'll just be here until you guys no, are done. No, 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 you're good. Zetarog, thank you so much. Uh, yes, we're going to have a week off of posting. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. And um, we're going to uh, get fucking wasted at Dragon Con. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Y'all, this is a reminder. Tomorrow, Thank you, on the channel, Train to Busan reaction is going to go live. And that'll be the last reaction for That'll me. be the last reaction for a full week until Monday. Uh, no, I think even like Tuesday the following week because um, we we are not going to continue with Vinland Saga for now. Um, yeah. We're going to watch it in our own time. I don't think it's a... I, it's not it's even... It's not good for reacting. It's, and for some people it is, right? And I just don't think that I'm having fun reacting to it. And that's, I think that it's... Being, I said it's not good for reacting. But I don't think that that's true for everyone. I okay. think that that is our opinion. Sure. I don't think it is universally bad for reacting because there are channels that love reacting to it. I right. think that reacting to it is taking away from my enjoyment of it. Ah, uh, fair. And so I would like to sit with it and a glass of whiskey and like ponder it instead of trying to like be hype about it. Yeah. Because it doesn't yeah, go very hype. That. And so uh, I'm going to continue watching because I think it is very well made and I want to understand what it is, but I, I just don't want to, I don't want to watch it on camera. Yeah. We yeah. don't know what's going to take that's the Monday slot yet, so uh, there won't be anything that Monday. But, um, yeah, we're going to figure yeah. it out. Arzu, thank you so much for five gifted memberships. Arzu, thank you so much. That's very guys, sweet. Guys, uh, Slick Jack, Zetarog, Blue, uh, Arzu, thank you guys so much. But yeah, there will be, uh, there will be no uploads on the channel next week. Uh, we're taking Clarissa's birthday week off. 
uh, to um, to just kind of like be with each other and relax and well, drive for fifteen hours. But um, yeah, you know, other than that, yeah, yeah, oh. you get to relax because you're a passenger prince. Okay, but so are you now because the car drives itself. Yeah, there's still a lot I got to do. There's buttons I press. <laughs> I got to fill gotta the gas. Touch the steering wheel. Have you ever filled? Have minutes. you ever filled a gas tank in your life? Never, <laughs> never. Mm. You just stick it in the hole, right? Sure. Um, <clears throat> right, love that. It's more complicated than that, says every woman to every man. Uh, <laughs> well, when it's your first time, it, you know, you try not to overcomplicate things, okay? Yeah, try. you try not to, and yeah. you usually don't do a very good job. Um, no one's first time is ever their best time, okay? <laughs> that's, that's how this works. Um, thank you, so, guys. So, yeah, we'll be back the following week with uh, Full Metal Alchemist uh, and... Um, Clarus will do a Cowboy Bebop, uh, and then that Friday, uh, two weeks from today, Book Club will return with chapters, everything up until the last battle. Basically. Uh, yeah, we have a we have a commissioned reaction to chapter 30 that 30. is coming. Yes, thank you. Uh, and we'll be doing uh, everything else up until the last battle chapter that feels like it should be closer than it currently is. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get into the book today. <laughs> um, some other housekeeping. We have some thank yous to throw out to the community. Kenny, Teology... Kenny. Sent us more books, more books to the P.O. Box. Thank you so freaking much. Uh, this is Dragonwing and Eve mm -hmm. Elven Star by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Uh, I'm very excited to get into these. Oh. I do, I do love a, um, yeah. I do love mm -hmm. a writing duo, writing fantasy together. Mm. And I believe uh, both could women. Be us, you know? Tracy could be a man's name. I, I have a feeling Margaret's a woman though. So I'm very curious. Uh, I'm curious to get into these. Uh, they've got beautiful covers. Uh, this one is very cool yeah. and more like. You know, cool, but this is this is gorgeous. This like city on the hill. We have like the du the the duology. Yeah. Yeah. The Death Gate cycle. The, wow. Tracy is a dude. Thank you, ah, Doug. Cool, 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 I thought cool. that might be. Uh, I, I, I I thought they might be. You never know. <clears throat> and then thank you. We're gonna say these are birthday presents for you. So here, take your birthday uh, presents. Thank you for the birthday present. Um, and then I don't think you even looked at these. I I peeked. I mean, I looked at the box. But yeah. Uh, Turvok sent us this gorgeous white and blue um, Mistborn saga. Guys, look it. So beautiful. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, guys, I didn't know that Mistborn was this thick. She's thick boy. Oh, like, look at <laughs> Mistborn book one is a fucking, the, it's the Bible, you In guys. In comparison. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, thickness-wise, they're, like, Although, like, similar enough. it could enough. be bigger text. It might be. Yeah, it's bigger yeah, text. Yeah, it's much bigger text. Definitely bigger text. Um, but, like, but I love the white no. and the white and blue of this. It's is beautiful. Gorgeous. It is. It is very very beautiful. And Thank you, Turvok. If you're on Book Talk, you know they're all the same. The spines are the same, which is such a gift. They fit. They're gonna mm. look right on a shelf together. Yes. So Turvok, yes. thanks so much for Miss Born. Yeah. Okay. Now I gotta put this back in. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to take them out. And then I was like, oh, fuck, maybe it was a bad idea. Um, yeah, thank you so much, guys. This is really cool. We're going to have so much reading. I'm very excited. Um, after um, thank after you to anyone time... who sends us stuff to the P.O. Box, it's incredibly sweet. Yes. Uh, it's totally. Yes. Uh, I know someone is sending us uh, the full uh, like DVD set of Full Metal Alchemist, the original 2003 show. They're actually doing that? Yeah, someone <gasps> sent it. It's on the way. Oh my god, whoever um, did that, thank you. Y'all are too much. I wanted to, like, sh that's the one I wanted to show you first, but um, mm -hmm. that'll be that'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, after Wheel of Time, we have talked about this. Um, we are going to be covering uh, Aragon books, because Murtag's coming out. 
Yeah. Um, and then, and then who knows? Maybe we'll do some Brando Sando. Maybe we'll do Expanse. Where that one's Brando up, Sando up in the air. But these books are beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. 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 What? How are you feeling? I'm good. Yeah. Is there any other housekeeping? Um, use the code Nerdy Nightly fifteen to get. 15% oh. off Misty Mountain Dice. Yeah, this this podcast is brought to you by MistyMountainGaming.com. Yeah. MistyMountainGaming.com is your best way to Number get one. all the accoutrement Number one. of the TTRPG space. Actually, you know what? I need to like go edit the video really quick. <laughs> Great. I love that. Uh, lo- love that for us. I just have to click this. This stream contains paid promotion like product placement, sponsorship, or endorsement. Yep, there we go. Fixed that's it. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Because we love Misty Mountain Gaming. For legal reasons, uh, the stream is now uh, sponsored. Uh, yes. <laughs> if you like math rocks, go get yourself some pretty math rocks. Uh, yes. The Misty Mountain Gaming is the best place online for you to get the accoutrement of the tabletop RPG spaces. Mm-hmm. We've got D20s. We've got D12s. We've got D8s. We've got D4s. We've got D2s. They've got D1s. They've got D-negative 6s. How does that work? Don't know. Don't worry about it. Misty Mountain Gaming figured it out because the big brains over there, that's false advertisement. They don't actually have negative sixes. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, you're lying. I guess you could just roll a D6 and say that it's negatives. That's true. That's true. If you wanted to. I I don't know why you would want to get negative. This is my D negative 20. Oh my god. Guys, if you're going to roll a natural one and critical fail, do it in style with Misty Mountain Gaming Dice. Yeah. Nice button. That's great. I love that for me. Um, Yeah. What's up? I don't know. Someone just sent us money on PayPal, and but didn't leave a note, so I didn't know why. They're just like... They just sent money on So, to you, thank Whatever you. Whatever you want. But it's also you. like your legal name, so I don't know if you want me to throw your legal name up on the no, stream. No, no, that's so, fair, that's fair. So the person who just PayPal'd us money, I'm assuming it's for Clarus's birthday? <laughs> who knows? Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, thank you. If you would it. like to PayPal us money, PayPal us at nerdingnightly.gmail.com. That's true, that's true. <laughs> we get a good cut from PayPal. It's like we do, we do. Pretty much all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to be at Fan Expo uh, a little bit today, but mostly tomorrow and Sunday. If you're going to be at Toronto Fan Expo, uh, please come say hi. Clarus will be at the Stormcrow booth from 11 to 2 tomorrow. Yep. And 2 to 5 on Sunday. You got it. Uh, so if you want, uh, if you see us, come say hi. Please don't feel shy. We love to interact with people. And next week, we are going to be at Dragon Con all day, er day. Uh, our, we're not going to say where our hotel room is, but we're in one of the main three hotels, so you'll see us plenty. Please just say hi. Pull us over. Do, you know, we're, we're, we, uh, we love we're it. We're cool, I promise. Um, I, cause, you know, Super chill. we've had some people reach out in the past and be like, I saw you at the con, but I didn't know if it was okay to, uh, no matter what, just come say hi. No, yeah, uh, say hi. You know, I'll be in, we'll both probably be in large groups of people. Just come and pull us aside. We would love to say hi to you. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I never want anyone to feel like we are unapproachable. Uh, because we only have the job that we have in this position and the, the 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 luck to be in the position that we are because of you uh, and the people who watch this show and our other stuff and, and mm-hmm. who are so unbelievably kind to us. Yeah. Uh, and we never want you to feel like uh, we are we're not there to say hi, take a photo, whatever whatever you might want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, if we see a dragon con, please 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 say hi. Yeah. Um, Blue says if it was Ricardo, I think it was for a reaction. It was Ricardo, so it wasn't for your birthday. Sorry, it's for a reaction. What, are we, rea- what, what no, are we what are we reacting to? Uh, I don't know. We'll figure that out. People that might have money. been. That might have been. Uh, you know what? I'll figure it out later. It <clears> doesn't <throat> matter. Uh, Dedzy, welcome back to the nerd table. 
16 whole months. Hi. 16 whole months. Hi. Hello. Hi. How uh, are you doing? Get Cat says, except in the restrooms. Yes. Please wait until we are outside of the bathroom. You can wait outside yeah. the bathroom for me. That is okay. But please don't He's approach like, me in the bathroom. Go in the bathroom. <laughs> and I followed you in here. No, no, no. And please don't follow us back to our hotel room. That's weird. Like, that crosses the line. You know what I mean? Just say hi in the middle of the, the Marriott and we'll all be chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, last week, we had a rather long, uh, I think somewhat contentious show. What? A little bit. Uh, and uh, I would like to acknowledge some of the criticisms of that show and be like, yeah, you're right. All right. It was a lot, and uh, it was a little long, and I'm sorry. Uh, They're the ones asking for a five-hour book club. Um, no, but yeah, no, it was, I think, it was, it was a lot. I think um, I think what happened last week was there was an element of, um, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of stress around the ending of a series, mm. both, both for the writers when you're writing the end of a series, but also I think for us with the ending of this show, and there's an element of last week, I think, that came partially from me, I think, that was in response to, I, I'm trying, I, and I realized this after last week's show, and that's why I wanted to bring it up here, um, and uh, why I wanted to talk about this before we got into this, because mm -hmm. I was trying to be more mindful of it this week. Mm -hmm. But the, this show has had an outsized impact on my life in the last year and a half, right? Being able to do this every Friday and these books, and... yeah. There is an anxiety around coming to the end of it. Yeah. In me. Yeah. Uh, that that I just have to acknowledge, and I think that there's. Yes. I I am trying to give this book a fair shot and not let my desire for the end of it to satisfy this year and a half long journey we've had with this community impact the way that I'm reading the moment to moment of the book. Right. Right. And I think that like there's there's a weird element of like. I think the book is better than I gave it credit for last week. There's still stuff around the slavery and stuff that I don't like. Yeah. And there's a couple things this week that we're going to talk about that I also was, like, not a huge fan of. Um, but I, I think that there... I, I definitely think there's an element of the the way I approached last week that was tied up in my desire mm -hmm. for the end of this, whatever we're doing on the show, to be um, as outsized an impact on me as this show has been. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that is necessarily fair to the book. No, I I think that's, there are, like, it, it's it's really emotional. <laughs> like, we've been on this journey for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot that we've said. And, like, it, we, we want everything to just mean so much. Like, we don't yeah. want to, like, waste any little moment. Because we only have so many left, you know, in, like, a weird way. Um, and so I think that the anxiety around that makes um, talking about this book just uh, flavored um, I, either for, for, for good or bad, you know. And, and I think that as long as we are acknowledging that, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, hopefully, well, I don't, I don't know. I can't guarantee we'll never have a four-hour book club again because we're not great at time management. <laughs> it wasn't but, the four hours of it, though. It was really, like, because, you know, I went back and watched a significant chunk of last week's show. Uh-huh. And um, the, especially in the first hour, I, I, I think that, like, my, I was responding to what I wanted the book to be because mm -hmm. I wanted the end to satisfy so many different things. And I think that, um, I think that that's what it was, right? I think that there wasn't, I, and, and I, I stand by what I said last week. That's not, it's not to say that I think that I was wrong because mm -hmm. it's my subjective opinion about something, mm -hmm. right? But the, it, it's more about that I think that I 
was having an, you know, there was a slightly emotional tinge to the reaction to the book last week. Yeah. That I, I wasn't aware of in the moment. Yeah. Um, and that going back and watching it, I was like, you know what? Like there, there was definitely some criticism in the comments under that video that I 100% agreed with. I, I also think like, you know, as long as we've been doing this, I still feel like I'm not very good at it. <laughs> and I'm still learning, right? And I, I think that like last week's book club was a really interesting learning lesson in terms of, I, I've kind of, uh, there, there's been a chunk of the book club where I've kind of been enjoying it and on a roll and not maybe going back and analyzing it the way that I would in early days book clubs to be like, how can I improve? Right. And I think that I was kind of like, you know what? We've been doing this for over a year. I don't need to keep thinking about that. And I think that I do. I think that like, I, I need to be mindful about continuing the process of trying to make this show better and making all of our content better. Um, so that I, I, so that I'm proud of the shows we do. Cause I think that there are definitely conversations and por portions of the conversation last week mm -hmm. where I wasn't very proud of how I turned it into content. Um, and, uh, I, I, I just want to acknowledge that cause I think that there were some very valid criticisms under that video. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I also think that like the 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 way the Sanchin have been brought into the final book, uh, and the way they're being used in the final book, is making me enjoy the stuff that I do love about the final book less. Yeah, and that that is also part of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, we knew that we we knew that as soon as they showed up. Uh, Ricardo, thank you so much for that super chat. Thank you, Ricardo. <laughs> uh, cheers. We really appreciate that. I think we're reacting to chapter thirty nine. So yes. let's fucking go. It's yeah, that'll be the week good. after the next book club because that'll be after that's that's in the same week as the last battle. Or no, it's that is no, I think are we do I think we're doing last battle and the chapter afterwards. So I think it's the one after that. Remember there we'll is no book club next week. Yeah. We said we're taking a week off posting, we're also taking a week off book club. We're gonna be at Dragon Con. We're might be tipsy. We're not doing book club. But for now, let's hop into the chapters. Clarus, how did you feel about the reading this week? Uh, some good shit. Uh, it, the, the bopping around is still a lot, but I, I feel like I'm getting used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, we're getting into like the juicy bits, like, you know, people are losing and that's kind of fun. Like, obviously it's dark and like, it sucks, but like, you know, the, the Forsaken are actually a little bit scary right now. They're, they're doing things that are, yeah. um, they're, they're fucking around a little bit. Um, and uh, our our great generals are finding out. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's awesome uh, that the Forsaken decided to be competent uh, right at the time that Rand goes to Shale Ghoul. They were yes. like, "Oh my god, you know we've been fucking around for so long. Hey, maybe now we should actually be good at our job." It's better late than never. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I agree with you. I, I really enjoyed a lot of this week's writing, it, and honestly, in comparison to last week's combat stuff, because I I really felt like uh they. Brandon Sanderson and obviously like the notes that he had and the writing set from Robert Jordan. Mm -hmm. I, I thought they did a much better job in these kind of combat sequences, br bringing some characters together and allowing it to be there. There, were there was a little bit more conversation around the combat this week. And I felt like we had the moments of like character interaction and making, bringing the large scale combat down to like the personal level really well this week. Mm. And I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yes. Um, the, and part of that is the clunkiness of having to move a bunch of things into motion last week. Yeah. That, and also I think last week we just had a lot more reading. And so yeah. in the show, trying to get through everything felt a little bit more rushing. This week, uh, I think the we, we, we trimmed down how much we read this week mm -hmm. in comparison. Uh, and so I think that as a split, even just going into talking about this, I don't feel like we have to get through a billion things. We have to get through a million. And like that's, yeah, it's just a little bit easier for my brain. Only, only a million. Uh, and so, yeah, I... 
I'm I'm still like I'm still really unclear about the dark one and that like I'm really hoping that in the second half of this book we get into what that is mm-hmm. and what it means um it's just a guy I but it, but it can't be no, I, I, I don't know, know. I know I know I know I I just I would really I would really love um I would really love to understand why the why of the dark side of this mm-hmm. because it, they 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 feel very intangible to me right now yeah and so when they're when the books aren't really focusing on them and it's just focusing on our good guys hanging out really I, I like that stuff quite a bit and there was a lot of that this week yeah and, I mean um, yeah I just I enjoyed it I, I had a good time with the reading I think the weirdest part right is that like the the it seems that the wheel and the pattern is all about balance and so the dark one in a way seems necessary to maintain that balance and so i don't actually know if mm-hmm. they can like kill the dark one unless the dark i, I like it, yeah i'm like is the dark one a person is it a manifestation is it like the dreams of man is it like like there's so many like nebulous things that it could be and i uh, i don't know just because of how the wheel works and has been described um yeah and i i really do think that it is to the detriment of the series as a whole just because I think that right now I I, f- I found Rand going into Shia Ghoul to be rather impersonal, and and it, I find it very interesting that I don't feel like Rand has a very personal connection to the Dark One. His his personal connection is more hmm, to his own know. mortality, which is interesting in its own way, um, and, and like that thematically is very interesting that it's really about him and himself in there, but but I don't I don't. But Luce Theron knows the Dark One. Like, like he's faced the Dark One before, so I would say that there definitely is a connection there. But there's no, there's no, like, it, it is a force, right? Right right now, the Dark One is just a force, mm-hmm. and it's an impossible force, mm-hmm. right? It's not, the, the, the number of Trollocs that exist don't, doesn't seem realistic in any way to me. I don't buy it. Like, I don't buy into the idea of how many Trollocs there are. And really? I find, yeah, because, like, where did they come from? You know what I mean? What Like. Sure, sure, but like the the scale of that was never. I don't feel like the scale of the blight was ever set up that the blight held more than like ten trollocs for every man on earth, right? And so we're in these combat sequences where the armies of the dark one are so vast mm-hmm. and so faceless, mm-hmm. like they're just mobs. I and, I will agree with that, yeah. And so the dark one is just another faceless mob at the top of a mob of mobs. Yeah, and the stuff that is really interesting, which is Lanfear, Moradin, Tame, Demandred to a lesser extent. I'm really hoping that we get into Demandred. We don't Demandred. know him super well, but also Demandred isn't going to fight Rand now. So like Demandred is just going to fight someone that Demandred doesn't give a shit about, I which I find. We'll see. I I, I would love it. I, yeah. I would love if Demandred and Rand interacted once in this series, but they have never. Yeah. And Demandred's whole thing is, I hate Rand. I want to fight Rand, and then Rand is like, I don't know who you are, dude deuces and so demander is just kind of like fighting the white tower you know what i mean yeah but yeah. he you know but also like tame is i guess gonna go to shuggle it doesn't matter my, my point is just that right now when when rand walked into the dark one's room mm-hmm. and morden was like that's the dark one and they're like it's a black void of nothing i was like that's well, hard that's for not me the dark one yeah, it's just, it is. he's become point. he's become a void of nothingness he is what is behind me there's nothing behind you he's become the end of the world that's what Perrin describes him as, right? It, it is. It oh, isn't I didn't that, think that was the Dark One. I thought the Dark One existed in a void. 
Well, but but Perrin says like it, when he looks into the darkness, it's not that it is dark. It is that yeah. there is simply nothing. Yeah. And that is what Morden was implying the Dark One has become. He's like reaching through the boar and is this dark nothingness. And Morden says, I've been promised an end. I've been promised like the end of this, the, the nothingness of death. Right. Mm -hmm. And like if Rand just kind of is fighting nothingness, that is a really nebulous kind of tough finale that they could totally nail. Right. Yeah. But, but they would have to get me very invested in them nailing that before mm -hmm. they can nail it. Because right now I'm not really invested in Rand fighting that. I'm more interested in Rand fighting Morden. Because Morden's right. a thing that he can fight. Yeah. As opposed to fighting the concept of nothingness, which feels very heady and, and maybe difficult to penetrate. And I'm, I'm curious to see how they get into that. Yeah. Um, Glenn Peterson, thank you for that super chat. Forsaken competence, part of their perception of being stupid is that RJ didn't really foreshadow the Forsaken plans that much. So when we got here, it's all kind of a surprise secret. Well, I think it's actually less so that and that, like, everything that we see the Forsaken try to do, they fail at. Like, and, this is and that the, the Dark One time... keeps bopping into the Forsaken and being like, you failed again. You failed again. Like, we've watched 14 books of the Dark One sending Shadar Lagoth to people to be like, why are you such a fuck up? Stop fucking up. I'm going to punish you for being Shadar a dumb Haran. fuck up. Shadar Haran. I, yeah, yeah, it's all good. The, but like, the S Snape, there's too many fucking S's in this series. It's hilarious. Also, straight up just getting rid of Shadar Haran like that. What a fucking, like, the, so, I, I, I was, was furious. I was a little bit surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, he's just, oh, okay, sure then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I, I really, I hated mm -hmm. that Shadar Haran is just dead on the ground. Yeah. Like, you created a, one of the, like, few legitimately interesting villains in this series, and he's dead because the Dark One doesn't need him anymore. I, I was so, unless he's not cool. dead yet, but right. like that implication of the thing just like lying there, I was like, wait a second. I was really hoping that Shadar Haran would fight like Lan or Matt or like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like give them something to do. Yeah. Um, no, he's just dead. Yeah. I. Like, what was the, like, it just is like, or, what was the point? Or if he was like, you know, the Dark One's mouthpiece or whatever it was. And that was the initial fight leading into the Dark One. Like, uh, yeah, I was, I was shocked. I did love last week you were like, like why would, I was like, more, I can't wait for Morden and Rand to sword fight again because it's like the natural progression of their characters from book two to now. And you're like, why would they sword fight? They would never do that. <laughs> Cut I mean, two. I Perrin's mean, like, there's two men in there fighting with swords. It's crazy. I know. You know what? This is why, look, I've been wrong about fucking everything. Okay. I was wrong about the fucking veiled Aiel people. I was wrong about the sword fights. Guys, I'm losing my touch. I'm losing my touch. I honestly think my idea is more interesting, but... Uh, oh, with the red eye, you uh, Yeah. I thought they were going to matter more. They're just... Yeah, they're just male channelers. But they're not, But they're kind of chumps. Like, like they, they introduce another faceless they're like mob. They're cocky, yeah. But they're terrible. Well, we Gowl haven't... kills yeah. 30 of them, and he can't channel. Well, and the wolves. No, no, Gowl, like, personally kills, like, 30 of them. No, he says he killed two. He literally says in the book, I killed two, but you captured two. Okay. It's still, it's still like... The wolves helped. There, there's a shit ton of them. And I feel like they're just, they're, again, they're just getting murked. And like, I I yeah. think that it would be more interesting if they, they didn't. 
You know, if they weren't just an immediately, because they the, at the end of the last book set them up to be so cool, mm-hmm. and now I'm kind of like, oh, they're 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 fine. I know they're that's not really why anything. I liked my idea of what they were, but that's fine. I I'm not the author. <laughs> well, yeah, but they, and they just had, it's it, we're really fun to this book, and they haven't really done anything yet except think, get killed by wolves and go. I think because tame is like their people are less useful when they're turned. Maybe mm-hmm. like they just like kind of suck. They're, like, vi- hyper-violent, but they don't have the, like, brain power to really, like, do anything clever. I think the danger of that is the way they were introduced in the penult- the, the very last thing of the penultimate book is, like, look at these scary bad guys. Because well, we've made the Trollocs and the Merdral essentially non-threats. But but they just made them the same as the Trollocs, kind of. Like, right, but that, yeah. that, then that's the risk, Trollocs who can, like, channel a little bit. Like, they're definitely still sure. a threat to, like, a normal guy. Obviously, Gaul is is, like... A hero, like you know, he's he's survived this long, he knows what he's doing. But yeah, I thought they would be a little bit scarier, mm-hmm. and uh, so far, not so much. But hey, maybe later on. Yeah, and I, I think that I I, I want to stop complaining because I think people are going to think that I was very negative this week, and I'm trying not to be. But there's one last thing I do want to say: uh-huh. the 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 land moment where land is like we've killed thousands and lost hundreds to the Trollocs. I'm like, when did every human being get so good at killing Trollocs? Well, they're not. They're just working together. Yeah, I I know that, but the the book one sets up a Trolloc as being a like nine foot tall monstrosity. Yeah, and now it's kind of like they're like dudes. Regular people can kill uh, like at least ten Trollocs a day because uh, right, like in order for those numbers to be as outsized as they are, there are regular dudes who are just killing like. 10 or 12 Trollocs a day. Yeah, but I think that's a testament more to the generals and the plans, right? Like, if 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 it was, like, 1v1, dude versus Trolloc, mm-hmm. like, you know, the dude would probably lose some average fucker. But, like, you've got the people set up um, in, to, in the best defensive position as possible. They are fighting for the sake of the world, right? Mm-hmm. They're fighting not only for themselves and their families, but for, like, the fate of everything as they know it. And I think that, um, yeah, obviously the, the Trollocs are not, like super scary and imposing but we've gotten to the point in the series that i don't expect them to be like they are the faceless mob of the 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 orcs the the trollocs the like bad guys that are just kind of nameless faceless like this is the fist that we're going to use to like punch at the good guys and it doesn't really matter the intricacies of the fighting it although we do get a lot of the battle plans and intricacies which is why i feel like it just builds up our generals in and our leaders in a better sense because it's not like they're not just letting their fighters like 1v1 Trollocs. They're being like strategic about fighting them. Yeah, the tough thing about being strategic, and, and I, I think that this might just be the, the to the, uh, this might just be my idea of how I, like how I would handle this kind of a situation mm-hmm. is that they're, they're, they're really just meeting them in open combat constantly, which is the worst way to fight a horde like the Trollocs. The, the, like the, well, you... they can't just, like, build some hills and shoot them down. No. Like, they, they don't get to necessarily choose the battlefield. They get to choose the places on the battlefield, but, mm-hmm. like, they, they can't really manipulate terrain like that, which is why they use the cavalry in a way, or their pikes in a way, or the archers in a way, which is part of, like, this section. It's, it's why I wish the Trollocs were being described in more realistic numbers. Because it really, like, based on the way they describe how many there are, it feels like they should have just been overrun really quickly. Well, that's why the Blight has been quiet for so long, right? 
Because the dark one was like amassing. Then where were these trollocs if the blight was quiet? Like how how big is the blight though? In, they were in the blight. They just no, 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 I know, attacking. but how big is it? If there is, if you have hundreds hmm. and hundreds of thousands of trollocs. I mean, it's it's like it's uh, from what I understand, it's like thousands of square miles, mm -hmm. and it kept, keeps getting bigger, right? I don't actually know. Like I don't know if anyone actually knows where the end of the blight is. Right? Uh, Joe G, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that rank super this book chat. on a scale of Avengers Endgame to Game of Thrones Season 8. Mostly oh joking, God. in case <laughs> it isn't obvious. Uh, look, look, look. I, look and look, look, the, look, these look. are minor, these are minor look, complaints. Look. I, I want to be really clear. <laughs> like, I didn't want to start negative. Um, I, I'm sorry. We just started talking about some stuff in the books. Um, I, I and you're really like, did you like know the what? I'm going to get it all out of the way at the beginning. Yeah, there, but there is an element where I just, I wish that the armies of the, I just wish the armies of the Trollocs were described in a way that I felt like they existed before this. But it really just feels like it's the final book. There's just an infinite amount of Trollocs. Yeah, I feel like that was and that comes from pretty well. For, I don't think it my was, taste. though. Yeah, I was like the oh wow, it's super weird that the blight is quiet. All these borderlanders are ready to fight, and the trollocs aren't raiding as much. Oh, like this is kind of sus. I, it, but numbers wise, it's 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 like Rand killed a hundred thousand trollocs a few books ago. Like the the number of trollocs in this series is in the multiple millions. That it just feels like there's just I I, I just feel like. If the numbers were written in a way that I could wrap my head around how they hid that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like the the amount of food that it would have taken to grow millions of trollocs for years is kind of insane. Well, but they talk about that. That's like a thing that they use against the trollocs. No, now that they're out of the blight. Yeah. But like in the blight, I guess I just like all the food. They literally the, talk about how all the food in the blight is probably like the dark one has been planning this for so long that these trollocs must be ravenous, which is why they are like distracted eating, mm -hmm. and that's why Lands forces are able to fucking like fuck them up because the, the because the dark one has kind of overextended himself in the blight, and his troops need to eat, and so he's like sending them out because there's not a lot of food back home in the blight. Well, no, they they were sent out because they were starting the war. They weren't set out to find food. Well, uh, yeah, but like they they, they... they were comfortably eating in the blight somehow for decades. I don't know about comfortably, but They would like... have to be... In order to grow a population to that size, uh -huh. you have to have nourishment. Yeah. That, that is like... The, those two things go hand in hand. You cannot grow a population without a food source. Which is why the Trollocs are always going out to fight, right? Cause they, they no, they, the because they attack the borderland villages so Because the so blight has been them. quiet. That's my point, though, is that but, they haven't been lately. So they it was like busy, right? It was like kind of like they were fighting a lot and the blight was growing. And then only recently it was much quieter than usual, which is like, ooh, that's super sus. But the Trollocs eat one another and they eat people. Like, it's not, I don't think, difficult to find food for them, right? It's not like they need... It is It is incredibly livestock. difficult to find food for millions of people. It, it, it just I mean, is hard. Like that, that just is, is hard. I know, but the Trollocs haven't taken a bite out of Randland in in decades. And it works for me. The last I, time I the Trollocs no crossed was, was like the Trolloc Wars a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think that, like, it's it, it's fine, right? It, it is fine. It's not... It, this this wasn't supposed to be a big complaint. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know why... No, it's fine. I just... I It's interesting, like, what doesn't work for you and what works for me. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, that I get it. The numbers just aren't fun to me. I, and I have this problem with anything where the bad guys have an unlimited horde. Is that the, it's not fun for me to be like, okay, so, like, the victory is kind of... I, I prefer when two armies meet... And one army it has an advantage over the other, and so there's an underdog. But there is a reasonable like expectation that one that either side could win. 
I guess maybe I've only really read series where by the end of it, it is it, it like unimaginable numbers. Like and, like and I, see, like that's just like a fantasy trope that I'm so used to. This is why I've always preferred Two Towers to Return of the King mm. because I think that Helm's Deep has a reasonable army fight Helm's Deep. And when Gandalf comes in at the end, he's coming in at the end of days of fighting and he's cleaning up a large force that he has an advantage on. Yeah. In Minas Tirith, they they literally, like, uh, the book is different. The book, I think, handles it better because Aragorn actually collects people and it's not just the ghosts save the day. Yeah. But when you show up to Minas Tirith and Return of the King, the movie, you need an army of ghosts to save the day because it is an impossible, there's just this impossible thing happening. Right. There are endless numbers. And I, I, I think that, like, this book has an element of that for me mm-hmm. where the 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 dark one and his forces have been so incompetent for so long mm-hmm. and then at the end they're like we just have an unlimited horde it doesn't matter that does and they of, just all fucking die that does kind of remind me of the lord of the rings though right like you know mordor closes up they like build as many orcs as they can and that's and then they're all like unleashed at some point and like it's it's the similar kind of concept i think is the right but i'm saying that that life. isn't my favorite part of the lord of the rings yeah yeah and so like it, you're it, saying it's like it's it's like a fantasy trope that I just like sure. I guess my brain kind of kind of glazes over because I'm like yeah that just happened it, it's a trope that I don't love sure right yeah. and and it's a trope that I think is is a little bit um it, it's just it's a trope that no, never really works for me mm-hmm. I like I think the char in fighting in this is so interesting because I understand what they are as a force mm-hmm. and I, I can wrap my head around how they versus the Sanchin are this sort of like the generals have to be really good at it because both sides are intelligent, capable, and trained, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the Trollocs, just, they just all kind of die as, as the humans just kind of outwit them because they're dumb and they're, they're just large meat sacks to be stabbed over and over and over again. And, and that, to me, I, the Trollocs have just, ever since, they were so scary in the beginning. And the way they've just been sort of turned into literally mush to me is, is just not my favorite thing about the books. Yeah. If I if just being honest, right? In, in the same way that like the way that Minas Tirith goes isn't my favorite things about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just yeah. I I I just find the like untold masses just kind of okay. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no real way to gauge the scale and relate to it. Um, Glenn Peterson, thank you for that super chat. Uh, logistically though, an army that eats the other army doesn't need as much of a supply chain. Uh, yeah, and also someone did make a good point that like Demandred has control of Shara. And so Shara might send food to the Blight. Like, that is a possibility. Um, He's only had that control very recently, though. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, it it is an interesting trope that I just, like, have kind of accepted as part of fantasy. But it's not, like, the most creative. (laughs) Yeah, no, and and look, like, this was not supposed to be this conversation at the top of the show. I I really didn't want to do this. I'm sorry. Um, Let's just get into the chapters. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, let's do this. Um, all right. Uh, chapter 21, A Memory of Light. Uh, like, that's the chapter name? No. No, that's the book. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, not a mistake to ignore. Fuck. What? I didn't want to talk about things. I was. I wanted to be more positive this week. Uh-huh. I and really, then, really wanted to be more positive this week. And then, and then you pushed me into that conversation. And now we have to what? talk about fucking Swan. Swan should have died. And this this scene is bullshit. This scene sucks. I'm sorry. But you, Kiri, being like, oh, jump. I ha- I know a weave. I hated. I 
Very lucky. Hated it. Very I, I was lucky. kidding. That was a joke. By very, the way. very lucky. That was a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, no, this was bullshit. Uh, and I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. Yukiri being like, I know something. Just go for it. We've never brought it up before, but all of a sudden I've got a, I've got a solution to this problem. And Gareth Bryan was like, yeah, it looked like you weren't going to jump, Swan. And she oh was like, God. oh, well, yeah, I was going to jump, dummy. <laughs> Oh my god. Um yeah, this this was just like the most if if okay, not I will say favorite. I will not, say not this. My favorite, but yeah. I will say this. Mm-hmm. If the ta- if the book hadn't started with the Talmains thing, I wouldn't think as much of this. Fair. If the book had not started with Talmains surviving that bullshit, I would have been fine with this, honestly. Yeah. It is that the only two main characters that have been in danger in the book so far, both Deus Ex Machina out of it that is what is disappointing. Yeah. Right? It is that, like, okay, we've done this twice now. Yeah. How many Deus Ex Machina things are there in one novel? Yeah. Because that's what this is, right? Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, I, I've got a solution to this magically after we, we were told that they're dead. You can't do that twice in the same book and, like, not lower the stakes again. Yeah, right? no, I, I I agree. Uh, One, it's fine. Both, I was like, oh, no. Well, and when I opened up the book last week and I was like, Swan, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I just. Mor- oh, sorry. Uh, Morican D. Sorry, I don't. Sorry, I probably said that wrong. Thank you for the super chat. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a deleted scene with Demandrid you should read afterwards. That's fun. A deleted scene? From a book? I mean, yeah, you edit stuff out. Okay, outside of book club for a second. Uh-huh. Really quickly, outside of book club for a second. Stop! Doing the different chapters and different editions bullshit. Different. I saw this thing where this woman, this author, is putting out a book. And if you get it at Target, it has two extra chapters with these characters. And if you get it at Walmart, fuck that shit. Write your book. Publish it once. I don't want to buy seven versions of your book in order to have the entire book. I don't like that at all. Garbage. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's bad for publishing. Audiences are going to hate it. Book publishers. It's like them putting out different Spider-Verse movies in the theaters. I, I hate that a little bit less because the changes were so small. Yes. This is literally, it would be like if like Spider-Verse actual, had different scenes. Yeah, yeah, that would be crazy. Why do that? Don't do that. Chris Porter, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate that. Um, Chris Porter, thanks so much. Thank you, Chris Porter. So feather fault to save the day, literally. And you, we, we literally said that last week and then. I said it as a joke. I know. Because it was a, it was a dumb oh, thing. I know, I know. I hate yeah, anyway, Swan and Yukiri and Gareth yeah. Bryan are alive. Um, they're uh, at a camp nearby. Um, it's it's not going well. Uh, we get to uh, Lorel's point of view. Fuck, I don't remember this person. There's too many fucking names. Uh, she's at the Black Tower. Um, they, they go in, and uh, Pavara's like, hey, guys, how's it going? And they're like, we're here to bond the men. And she's like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm just going to uh, let you know that um, you can't, like, compel them when they can channel so we're on the same page and also you know i would maybe um consider asking the men and being like a human being about it and Lorel is like absolutely not i'm not a human being i'm a nice die um and so they uh yeah they go they go see andral who's like these are the 47 men that you may bond and she was like well, no, we said we could have pick of the people and he's like yeah you can have pick of people that you can find Good fucking luck with that. Here's your people. And I was like, I fucking, I love Andral so goddamn much. Yeah. He's so good. 
He's great. Yeah, he's great. I, I will say this was a scene where I wish that we had resolved the um the taint being cleansed a little bit more globally. What do you mean? I, I just think that it, it's one of it's it really is one of the biggest things that happens in these books and nobody believes that it happened. That's and I, not you say nobody and that's not true. I just mean that we keep interact we just keep having this scene where there's another character who doesn't it's like I don't believe and then the next woman is like oh no there's no way they did that and like I just would like for like one of them just just to meet one woman who hears that the taint was cleansed by the dragon reborn Mm -hmm. and is like oh dope I'm happy to hear that like I I just would like for one character to have a different perspective on it I think I think it's that's tough because most of our characters that we meet like the Aes Sedai are hypercritical and when they, when they, the, the duration of their life, which is hundreds of years potentially, and the duration of the history that they've read is that the taint exists on the male half of the source. Hearing that it's just like gone, like I, I would, that would take some convincing because it's a very convenient lie, right? If you were like, yeah, I, yeah, I cleanse the taint. Yeah, I, I, there's I, uses to lying about that being a fact. I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I just would like for the Aes Sedai to be less monolithic. I think that one of the things that would help me remember their names would be if they had different personalities. Oh, yeah. And they're all just like hypercritical woman who doesn't need no man. You and, know? And, yeah. And so I just I, I really think that like one of the one of the reasons why the Aes Sedai are, are kind of mush like the Trollocs in my head. They is, have names. I don't remember who's who. But the, but almost the, the vast majority of them mm-hmm. have a monolithic way of interacting with any new information. Mm-hmm. And I I just think it would have been interesting to have somebody. <laughs> I And I guess like, I, I, yeah, someone in the chat brings up, um, Trintron brings up that Moraine did it, which is totally fair. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I think it would have, I, I think that it would be, they're a little bit monolithic at times. And yeah. I think that like, that's not, that's not my favorite thing about the Aes Sedai in the series. You know? I, I, I think, yeah, Moraine and honestly, Pavara are mm-hmm. the two that like seem to have the most personality to me. Swan yeah. also kind of because of New Spring, but not necessarily because of the main series, if I'm being completely honest. Um, like Swan is like the epitome yeah. of the monolithic, like she was the Amaralyn, right? Like Yeah, and her relationship with Gareth Bryan is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the Aes Sedai who have been allowed to have relationships with other characters are so interesting. Yeah. It's just that that's such a minority among the Aes Sedai mm-hmm. because so many of them have either no relationships or only contentious, pissy relationships with, yes. you know what I mean? Like just sort of like bratty relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, Lorel was just... Um, Lorel sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Lorel was really just like... She's the worst. Uh, Glenn Peterson, thank you for another super chat. Let's go. Andral is the Black Tower's cool channeler, like Varen for the White Tower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, and Varen, Varen, I agree, um, has definitely more of a personality. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. It is just interesting. There's so many fucking eyes that I... Um, yeah. Yeah, but even but even Varen, like ultimately, like I think there's only like maybe fifteen scenes in the whole series with her. Mm-hmm. When she's in there, she's great. But you know, she's one of the few people who die. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Logan has been like going over Tame's shit in his room. Do you think he's gonna find anything useful? No. Really, I think that has something to do with his glory. Hey, guys, the the, the 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 Forsaken are finally being competent. Let's not make them incompetent again. What do you mean incompetent? Why would you leave clues behind? Well, because he didn't think he was going to get fucking ousted. 
fair. That's his like base of operations. I just, I really, I really want the bad guys to like not suck for one book in the series. And and they kind of are rocking it right now. I, I, if you leave notes behind in your base of operation, look, I, they might be like, um, not encrypted is, um, like ciphered. Sure, there might be, like, they might not be straightforward, but I definitely think there's got to be some shit left behind, because he wasn't expecting to get fucking outed. I, I would be fine if Loghain, like, learned something that helps him. Yeah, But yeah. if it's like, oh, Master Team wrote down the locations of the seals of the, like, I'll no, be like, no, 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 no. come no. on, guys. No. Maybe that's where the seals are. Maybe he left them in his room. There's no fucking way. I think there is. I, I think that's possible. That, that to me would be the, that would just be gross incompetence. Well, yeah, you would keep that, something like that important on your yeah. person. Um, I'm just saying I could see it happening. I'm, I'm really enjoying the dark side actually feeling like they are good at their job in this book. Mm-hmm. It, it's this week's reading, mostly. Um, I I am enjoying that, mm-hmm. and I would like for that to continue and not just be turned into like, oh yeah, Masram Tame drew a treasure map to the Dark <laughs> One's prison. Could you imagine if we do a fucking side quest treasure hunt with Loghain? I could just because there's like twelve chapters left, or right there at the end of the reading, there's uh what nine chapters before the last battle. Yeah. Like we're not in the last battle, which is but insane feels, to me. It feels like this is the last battle. It feels like we've been in the last battle for ten chapters now. Yeah. Rand is literally in Shail Ghoul, but we're not yeah. at the last battle yet somehow. Yeah. Yep. Um anyways, uh Pavara is like a little bit worried about people who kinda like were almost turned but not quite turned, that mm-hmm. it like kind of fucked him up a little bit, which mm-hmm. like fair. That seems like a valid uh concern. Oh, I think 100% about and, concern, uh, yeah. Yeah, they have this, like, really cool emotional moment where they're like, you know, the Dragon Reborn didn't save us. We saved ourselves and we're loyal to Loghain. And he's going to be the one to uh, to to uh, lead us into the last battle. And we're going to make a name for the Black Tower. Yeah, and there there is an element of this where that I really like, right? Which is the, by not saving them himself, Rand has given them the way to survive after he's gone. Yes, that was a really interesting take. It's It is, it is an interesting take because it worked out. Because, yes, you know of course. I mean? <laughs> and that's it. History remembers yeah, yeah, yeah. based on the outcome of things, right? If you take a huge risk, for example, in a war and it fails, mm-hmm. you are known as a failure. And if that risk comes out as a success, you're known as, like, fucking S-tier. This yeah. is one of those situations as well where Rand's decisions, um, how they would be viewed are totally, uh, like, um They're, they're looking back on it with some rose-tinted glasses. On the outcome, 100%. Because Rand's, hey. Rand's plan was, it wasn't like Rand was like, if I go save them, mm-hmm. then they'll never live without me. His thing was, ah, I don't know what to do there, so I'm just, I'm going to wait. And then shit yeah. went really bad. Yeah, it is one of those things where I think that it's kind of what they need to tell themselves. In a, in a sense, to get through. <clears throat> I, I can't be mad at Rand. There's no point in it. The Dragon Reborn is shit to do, so I'm going to, like, justify it in a way that I think is, like, justifiable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you kind of have to, to to give yourself a moment to get there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I love Andrew. Uh, I'm I'm disappointed that this is the last we could talk about him this week because he's, like, one of the best characters in these final books. Um, And then he... He's gone for the next few chapters, so I, I wonder where he pops back up. Probably at the last battle. Probably. Just, like, he's going to be the one. Like, I feel like Loghain watched um, Rand make the Death Gates. Mm-hmm. And Loghain is going to be like, wow, you're good with gateways. I'm going to teach you this trick. 
Oh, yeah. And he's going to have just tiny little, tiny little gateways just like scissoring across the battlefield. You heard it here first, y'all. Andrel's going to be scissoring on the battlefield. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With his gateways. Chapter 22, the wild. The wield? The wild? The wild. The wild. Uh, Egwene. The wildy. Egwene has been sheltering uh, under a tent for like a day. Oh, I thought it was like a wagon. I don't even know. There's the Sharans. The Sharans are real bad at finding people. There are. It's a big camp to come. There are a large number of people chilling in this camp, moving around, doing shit, uh, and the Sharans are finding none of them. No, they're finding lots of people. They like watch it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they are. It's more just that when Leowen shows up, I was like. Where were you? Wait, and Leanne was how hiding. How are you getting around? Leanne was hiding yeah. too until Demandred showed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Leanne gets brought to Bow the Wild, uh, which is what Demandred calls himself now. Um, yeah. Demandred has too many names. Uh, and he's like, Leanne, I'm sending you to go tell Lucerne to come here uh, and fight me. Like, is Leanne mm-hmm. going to go into fucking Shia Ghoul? You know what I mean? It, it, I'm like, just, why does Demandred think? I guess yeah. Demandred doesn't know that Rand is there, right? Because Rand had the dagger on him. And that hasn't so... started yet. Rand well, hasn't gone into Shadow. But yet. like, Rand is there. No, Rand is like at the fields of Marilor right now, waiting to go. What? No. Yeah. He's like outside the the boar. No, he's not. No, he's not. For that's like days later. Because um, Egwene. So when Rand takes the portal to the boar. Uh-huh. The sky goes black, uh-huh. and so that happens when Egwene is getting ready to fight later. That Rand is not at the boar right now. Rand is just like at oh. the fields of Marilor right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, the, kinda... So the timeline of this gets really confusing because of how close you are to the boar changes how you interact with time. Yeah, but we do know that the the boar the 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 sky goes black almost immediately after Rand goes through the portal to yeah. the boar. So Rand is currently just somewhere. Okay, yeah. But he's okay. not at the board right now. Okay. I just, yeah, I thought that was hilarious that, like, Leanne is just going to fucking, like, stroll on into Shadow Ghoul, but no, that's fair. Glenn Peterson, thank <laughs> you for the super chat. Uh, all the turn channelers, I'm grateful for the fact that we now know what they meant by dreadlords from the earlier books. Dreadlords aren't turn channelers. Yeah, no. No, Failane was a dark friend. not a turned and. Yeah, they you don't have to be turned to be a dreadlord. In fact, I actually think you can't be. I think the dreadlords are the yeah. ones who have to go n- naturally, yeah. so that they because they are more in charge. They're like leaders. Yeah, Because yeah. if you if you don't have that like human instinct and creativity, then you're not very useful as a dreadlord. You're just kind Falane, of you're just kind of power. Falane wouldn't have been turned. No, no, Falane was already a dark friend. So, right. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Fowlane was not turned. She's She was there of her own accord because she sucks. Um, yeah, the people who are turned are just firepower. They're not, the, like, they don't become the leaders because that wouldn't make sense. Um, yeah. 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 Unless we're wrong. No, there's no there's no way. You mean Alviarn? I mean, Alviarn sucked as well, but I don't know if Alviarn was a dreadlord. 
Ophalion. Wait, which is whichever one didn't swear to Egwene. Falion and Phalion are two similar names, uh, and I hate it. Yeah, um, but no, the one that Fal Fal the one that died. The one that swore to Egwene died. Uh, is she dead? She no, died she in the White Tower when um. Did when she die? I don't even remember. Masana I'm, I'm talking about the one that Avienda kills later in this section. Yeah, Falion. Falion. Sorry, Falion and Falion are Falain two. died in the White Tower okay, when so, Masan attacked. Yeah, and so... And Falion died here. So Falion... Oh, no, um, wait, that was Nicola. Yeah, okay, I was like... Wait, I don't where's Falain? Falain, I don't know where she is. I There's too many... These fucking names, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> these, these fucking names. Um. <clears throat> yeah, no, you definitely don't have to be... Um, Dreadlords are the channelers with replaced souls. What do you mean replaced souls? They're just they're just powerful channelers who swear to the dark one. Oh, Felon's at the Black Tower. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But like, um, they say like Falion is one of the like dreadlords, right? And Falion is not turned. Falion. Like, Falion was already Black Asha. Yeah, she was Black Asha. She's not turned. I There's don't no... think you guys are right. I I do, or I don't think Glenn that you're right. I I don't think that the dreadlords have replaced souls. No, in I think fact, that it... the dreadlords are the elevated people of the Black Aja and of the the Ashaman. Yeah, there's no point. There... We could just Google it. Let Let's just get this right. No, I don't... Spo I don't want spoilers. Just what? No, no, we're we're not going to get spoiled by the definition of the word dreadlord. Um. Um. Oh yeah, I should put in Wheel of Time. <laughs> oh my God. Who swore? Who joined the shadow willingly? Yeah, no. It says uh, the the actual definition is uh, uh, people who joined the shadow willingly. So a turned person would not be able to be a dreadlord. Yeah, yeah. They acted as battle commanders, overlords of the Trog forces. Above them are draw in chain of command. Yeah. They're occasionally confused with the Forsaken by the less well educated. Great, I love right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's the opposite of that. Cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, Demandred is like, bring me Lucerin, which Leanne can't do. And, but honestly, I, I just wanted Demandred and Lucerin to have one conversation in the series. And yeah. I don't know that they're going to, which is disappointing they, to me. I don't know how that would happen, but we'll see. Dem it, it is just, it is a little bit weird to me to introduce Demandred as this character who only cares about one thing and then just like not let him do anything. I know. And then at I the end of the series. I feel bad for Demandred because he's not going to have like a, like <clears throat> satisfying conclusion. <laughs> Jeffrey T, thank you for that super chat. Appreciate that. I honestly think this would have been more interesting if Demandred had died in the White Tower and Masana was Egwene's foul in this sequence. Oh, with um, if it was like Masana, Masana was leading the Sharans against Egwene because Egwene killed Demandred, and then that would yeah, Demandred needs closure. That would just give them a like personal connection in this fight. Yeah, but Demandred is fighting the White Tower, but he doesn't care about that. He cares about Lucerne. It's just narratively, I think that this decision is a little bit muddled in terms of why these characters were pitted against each other in Candor. And I feel like Candor's kind of had that the whole time, where Candor just has this feeling of like we shunted some characters over there because we didn't know how they fit into the larger. Mm -hmm. And so they're just kind of fighting in the fields of Kandor. They don't have a lot of personal motivations for who their enemy is there. They're just kind of doing a thing over there. Yeah. Away from everybody else. Because everybody else feels like there's something very intentional happening in their narrative combat. Mm -hmm. As well as the physical combat. And the the, uh, the White Tower at Kandor is just kind of doing stuff against Demandred. Because we had to put them somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It feels a little bit like that. Everyone's got to be fighting because this is the, the last battle. <laughs> 
Can't yeah. be sitting around slacking, you know? But the, 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 the series is just never really, like, they they keep saying that Demandred is this, like, incredible leader and, like, all this stuff. He's never really done anything. And I it's mean, kind he of... pulled all of Shara together. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it was off page. But even that, like, they win because they have the element of surprise. Well, and why now that, wouldn't you use that? Now that they're actually fighting Gareth Bryan, that it, it doesn't, it's not coming across like Demandred is this, like, incredible military. Oh, I think they would have been fucking wiped out if the Sanchin weren't there. They they, they would have been so fucked. Yeah. Uh, Like, I, I, yeah, I I think, I I think that we're just not like seeing the stuff that Demandred has done, but I I think that like this, why why not use surprise, you know, like. I just wish we would see it. Yeah. Like, I wish we would see it. Yeah, I agree. Demandred was the one that was taken into, Demandred was the first um, chosen that we saw speak to the Dark One. In that incredible scene in Lord of Chaos, right? True, yeah. And so I really thought he was going to be built up as something really huge. And he's kind of just been given this, like, C-plot thing to do with mm-hmm. the Sharans that is very cool and interesting, and I like it. I'm not, like, yeah. I don't hate it. Um, the Sharan culture is fucked up to me, but whatever. Uh, it's more just that I, I thought that he was going to, like, come into this in a way that was going to be really about him and Luce Theron's relationship and how that affects him fighting Rand now. Yeah. And he's just kind of over somewhere else doing something else. Being like, I want to fight Luce Theron. And Luce Theron is like, not even thinking about you, bro. Yeah. And that's me. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. You're not even on my mind. Yeah. Uh, we hop over to Perrin in Telhorhand uh, What a word. Um, And uh, the it's just, every time <laughs> I see it. We've been reading these books for a year and a half. I know. And every time I see it, I'm like, this is so complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> The wolves are like, hey, uh, Lanfear and Heartseeker are here. So uh, watch out. And he's like, Heartseeker? Mm-hmm. Who's that? <laughs> um, yeah, so he tries to look for Heartseeker. And they they fight. And then he like, he, 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 oh, he disappears. And then he's like, fork root in your mouth. And she's like, oh, shit, this guy actually like knows what the fuck he's doing. He's fighting Grandal at this point. Yeah, Gra- yeah Heartseeker. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fully Grandal. And she just, like, nopes out of there because she's like, well, she gets mad. She's like, oh, you, you fucked up all my plans. And then she realizes that Perrin actually is competent here and just fucking yeets the fuck well, out of there. Well, but you skipped over the most important part of this. Which? He finds Grandal fucking around in the sky. Yep. Like, this is this is the thing we have to talk about here because this yeah. is the most important part. He finds Grandal booping around lights in the sky and he is like, what the fuck is happening? Yep. And Lanfear is like, she's fucking around with dreams. That was Davram Bashir's dream. Yep. The fighting is secondary to like, what? This is where I was like, oh, shit. The, oh, one of the Forsaken actually has a plan that's brilliant. Finally. It took so goddamn long, but this is so good. And I was so invested. I was like, fuck yeah, Graindoll. Thank you for bringing some competence to the world. Yeah, look, Graindoll's plans have definitely fallen apart, but like... The initial plans have, I, I think, been pretty pretty solid. She thwarted Rand with the uh, Balefire. You know, she's fucking around in the dreams. Like, yeah. Grindel has got so, some, some W's in Grindel there. kind of is the best Forsaken. Uh, right now? Yeah. I, I, she's I she's so. sane. Yeah. She, she's uh, not in that, like, I like what she does, obviously. She's like a rapist and a terrible, terrible, terrible person. Yes. But in terms person. of, like, the best at being evil, she's the only one of them that I would legitimately be like, yes, yeah, some of what you've done has been, like, re- and demanded uh, conquering Shara, really cool. Like, good Very for you. Very useful, yeah. It just is, like, an off-page thing where, like, 
oh yeah, he did that. And I'm like, okay, I, mm -hmm. I, I believe you because you say that it happened. Yeah. Whereas with Grendel, like we've actually seen some of what she's accomplished. Yep. And uh, that's been cool. It was yeah. this, this moment was awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. A lot of the parent stuff, uh, really, really cool in this the, section. For the last few books. Yes. Really, ever since he rescued Fayul, I think Perrin's been the strongest character in the books. Yes. I love... Consistently. Yeah, using Teleranriad and the Wolf Brothers stuff more. Um, it's what I wanted from those middle books, like, really yeah. badly. I was like, please, dear God, Perrin has this fucking cool power. Let us see it. Please, dear God, Robert Jordan. Um, and uh, that, now we do. That and Perrin has the thing that I I understand that I'm complaining. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to just be very honest about how I feel. And I, I don't know how to do this right, guys. But, like, Perrin is, Perrin's plotline is doing the thing that I wish more of the plotlines were doing. Uh -huh. Which was giving me a character using his specific abilities that we've watched him learn and grow into across the books. Yeah. To fight against allies and enemies that he has very personal connections and relationships to mm -hmm. and fight with um, like him and Gowl have a legitimate relationship that goes back books that we've watched grow, that we understand the depths of they're interacting with the world in that Perrin has his own very unique perspective on to fight an enemy that only Perrin can fight and to get against Slayer who Perrin has this very personal connection to mm -hmm. Perrin's plot line has all of the like endings of a narrative arc mm -hmm. that I wish Egwene had. Because as much as I love what Egwene is doing, Egwene is in this weird place where, like, she doesn't... She's just fighting to fight. But she wait, has to but, fight the fight that she's wait, fighting. But now she's, like, with Tuan. And the Sanchen are her, like, number one enemy. So I actually think that we are heading somewhere interesting with that. That that could get there for Egwene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Egwene versus the Sharans and Egwene fighting the, like, hordes of Kandor to me has mm -hmm. just been a little bit like, this is where I was told to be, so I'm here. And that is happening in a few places. Egwene mm -hmm. also, like, Egwene has Gawain and Swan and Bryn. Like, there, there's a little bit more of that there. She doesn't have Gawain for long. I, I But, like, Lan's storyline, we're going to get to Lan, because I'm so disappointed in one thing with that storyline. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get to it. You'll understand exactly what I mean when we get to it. Okay. Um, th There's just, there's elements of Perrin. Perrin feels like he is heady towards the end of his arc in his fighting. Uh-huh. And I don't really know that a lot of the other characters have that same feeling right now to me. They just kind of feel like they've been put somewhere and they have to do a thing in those places. And I, I, I just wish that, like, I wish that Masana was still around for Egwene to have, like, an antagonist in her combat, right? I, I think Tuan is her antagonist. But but she can't be. Tuan would, know. the Sanchen would wipe the White Tower off the face of the earth right now. I don't right mean, now. like, in, in combat. But they have to, but why, then, then I mean, antagonist like in what? I mean, political and emotional antagonist. But an antagonist in, like, what, what are they going to... Like I think, I think that the, what the series is setting up mm -hmm. is for Egwene and Tuan to have to work together, and for the Sanchen to be like, okay, like maybe we were wrong. Like literally, Egwene is like, okay, put on the collar. We'll oh, put on the collar. If we go in that direction, absolutely, yeah. I would be so down for that. Uh, that's I would what it be, feels like it's heading towards for me. I really hope it goes there. I hope like I would so fucking too. I would love that. Yeah. I think what it's going to be though is they fight too, side by well, side. Well, because I just feel like Egwene's wins. I mean, yes. Let's wait to talk about Egwene. We're about to get to Egwene stuff with Tuan. Let's you're just right, wait till right. we get to it. Yeah, Let's keep moving. Right. Let's keep like, yeah. Um, then uh, that's parent stuff. Yeah, yeah. Lanfear was like, hey, you should have killed Graindoll. And he was like, yeah, maybe I should have. Uh, chapter 23, A Memory of Life. Wait, this was, is... was, sorry, was that the section that Lanfear is like, hmm, you're kind of hot? 
Yeah, a little was bit. Was that the section where, she, yeah, and he's like, I'm married? She's yeah. like, yeah, so? I was like, okay. Lanford doesn't give a fuck. Lanford's definitely Polly. Well, yeah, she's like, wow, you're really good with Teleran Riyad. Yeah. Like, think of think of all the fun shit you could do in a dream world. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, next chapter, At the Edge of Time. Uh, At the Edge of Time, Gawain uh, is, like, running around doing stuff. Uh, but he leaves his orders cloak with Egwene because he doesn't need it because he is using the blood knife ring that he doesn't understand how it works. Motherfucker. Gawain is dead. My prediction was at the end of last book or the beginning of this one. I think it was the end of last book. Gawain, dead. Doesn't so make it. Yeah, yeah. They're dead. Egwene, Egwene, I, I can't imagine Egwene survives the book now. No, 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 no. So at least one main character will die. Yeah, like there's no way that these two make it through. They're absolutely dead. There's just there. I, I can't imagine Egwene like living on without Gawain at the end of the series. Um, yeah. I mean, less so. Like, I mean, hmm, I don't know if that's what it really is for me. It's just like it seems like they are the people that can kind of be the. Oh, if they they they, they can die, you know. What I mean? Yeah. Like, I Egwene, hope it doesn't happen here. Egwene, like, if Egwene dies, I really hope it's somehow in a, it, like, no, getting no, back to, like... She, she doesn't die here. Again, I really think this fight in Kandor is kind of pointless. So I really hope that they, like, get... I really want them to pull Egwene away from this to where there's plot happening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, um, because I, I, I love where Egwene has gotten to in these books. Mm-hmm. I just don't... The, the plot line she's in right now just feels very far away from everything else. And it's just kind of like, go fight these people here. And so, like... Gawain, I think that when Gawain dies, Egwene will go out in a blaze of glory after he dies. Yeah, like it's going yeah. to be so emotionally destructive that she's literally going to take her fucking flute and like a, make a fucking crater out of the Forsaken, you know? It would be interesting if she made a small mountain. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The like Lady Dragon Mount? I wonder... The Lady Dragon Mount, that's funny. I was like, I wonder... That's if... a D&D character I would play, the Lady Dragon Mount. That's fun. Yeah. I was going to say maybe her versus Lanfear would be interesting, but I don't think that that's going to... Lanfear's not a villain at this point. Yeah, she's kind of in that weird in-between area. I just mean, I'm trying to think of, like, Egwene's, like, a really powerful dreamer. So, like, who is going to be her, like, foiled at? And I don't think that that's going to be... Nobody. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm talking about, yeah. is that there just, there really isn't anybody for because her to... Because Perrin is also the that whole dream space yeah. thing, then it's, like, he's taking care of Slayer, so... That, yeah, I think Egwene is going to fucking, like, I don't know, show up at Shea Ghoul. She's going to break the seals. And I think that she might be... Maybe she's going to be the one to actually seal the Dark One. I... Uh, maybe. And But it, like, it kills her. Maybe. That would be interesting. I, I would be down for that. I could see that happening, actually. I would be down for there to be consequences to this. Yeah. Because, like, a, a lot of our main characters are still kind of living through all of these fights. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I, I, I would like... I would like to see something happened at the end of the series where somebody has to pay the price of this mm-hmm. other than just Rand, you know? Because if it's just Rand, then I'm like, okay, you told me he was going to die for 10 books and then he died. Like, okay. Yeah, no, that's I, it's, fine, but. it's one of those things where we've been told Rand is going to die that I don't think he's going to. So. I think he dies. And then I think that, like, the book ends with him reborn somehow. Mm-hmm. Or, like, or like, like Matt blows the horn and he gets to, like, spend one last day with Min and Avienda and Elaine. Oh, Wow. You know what I mean? Like, uh, something like that would oh be really God. interesting. Yeah, yeah, That'd be brutal. Every time um, they want to see Rand, Matt has to blow the horn. That's so funny. Um, yeah, uh, Gawain, dumb, dumbass, putting on those rings. 
Um, yeah. Then we get Egwene's point of view, and she starts uh, moving around. But um, uh, she's, like, waiting there, and uh, somebody shields her. Yeah. Uh, and so she uses her bond, because normally she's, like, super calm and cool and collected. And she, like, purposefully uses the bond... Uh, like, she lets her emotions go so they can go through the bond so that Gawain knows that something's wrong. Because, like, Egwene is kind of like a really stone-cold wall sometimes, uh, especially with her emotions. Um, And so she's, like, trying to find that balance of not letting them overwhelm her, but, like, letting her feel enough um, to to aid her in the current situation. Yeah. Uh, Which I think was a really interesting balance um, that they introduced um yeah but it doesn't matter because again walks up and bashes the chandler in the head yeah again and is like nah and Egwene is like wait you saved me and she's like yeah i take my oath seriously are you surprised i was so glad it was again in because look i really thought i was like well lailwin has not done a fucking thing in so long Mm -hmm. brandon sanderson thank you for giving her something to do in this book for not being like a total waste of page yeah um i I thought this i i liked her showing up here a lot i thought it was a great moment yeah so then her the two of them and gowan and uh bail doman uh head off Um, i also like the bill was like i should have come with you and again it's like you are very very loud you're just you're very please no you're i love you i love you but no but you are very loud yeah, I think also, I think that Aginan knows exactly what Gawain did with those rings. You think so? Yeah, well, because she sees him appear and she, like, looks, because she knows he has the rings. Oh, yeah, She yeah. already knows that they're there. Um, yeah, yeah, Bale uh, does not have advantage on Seema. Um, we go to Avienda. Avienda. Also, really enjoyed her stuff in this in this section. Yeah, the way in which she's become a leader I find very interesting. And I think she's doing a really good job with what she's been given, which is fun. Like, I, I think that, like, Avienda... And the pride that, like, Amis has. Yeah. Like, that that was the interaction that I was like, oh, thank God Amis is there. Well, and, and that's why, like, the whole, like, surrounding the characters with the people who care about them is so valuable at this point in their arcs. Yeah. Um. It's 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 why, like, I wish we got a little bit more time with Rand and his women, but whatever. It is what it is. Um... The, the, Avienda, like, does some really cool fighting outside <laughs> the Shadow Forgers. Yeah. Uh, that involves, um, like, Dreadlords and, like, fighting. Yeah, this is where Falion is there. They kill Falion and someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and Graindall is there. And yes. yeets out, um, before they can kill her. I, I really love, though, the, the moment of, like, they're using a circle and Avienda is fucking, like, weaving these things of fire that are so much power she can't even control it. Yeah. And, and then she's like, guys, we need to use smaller circles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> We don't actually need this much. And she experiences um, the male half of the source for the first time that, like, trying to wrestle with yeah, power yeah. instead of the surrender, uh, which was a nice little touch because I was like, oh, right, yeah, she would, she, that would feel different for her. But there's no way Avienda struggles with that. Avienda can wrestle. Oh, God, yeah. I'm not worried about Avienda struggling with that side in at all. She can down any day, you know? Um, I will I will say the one thing I was a little bit confused about in this uh-huh. was that her, she comes up with an interesting plan, which is that she's going to have three circles, yeah. two of them not channeling and one of them channeling, Yeah. to try and draw people in, and then the two circles that aren't channeling will attack them because they won't see it coming. Oh, I thought it was two that are channeling and then one that was hiding. Sure. Something Whichever. along that lines, Yeah. I kind of just assumed, and I think that maybe I'm just wrong about this, but I assumed that once you formed a circle, people would just see it. Like, once you kind of, like, 
Yeah. If you can, if you can, hmm. if a woman, so if a woman can look at a woman who is holding the source, not channeling, but just holding the source, and they glow, wouldn't like ten women in a circle be like a beacon of light? I yeah, can understand can why someone who can't be, channel, but can you be in a circle without holding the source? No. Right. So maybe it's just they're they're like, well, the the battle is just going to be too crazy hectic for them to notice. Maybe, and, like, and maybe that's what it is. You, right, like, you keep them super far away, but, you, but you'd have to take that into account. Like, they wouldn't be able to be, like, hiding 10 feet away behind a rock, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it was just yeah, one yeah. of those things where I, I was like, oh, I figured the circles, I feel, I, I thought that once you circled up, you would, you would be so visible mm-hmm. that, like, it wouldn't matter as much. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd have to keep some distance. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't understand. I, I, this is not me being like this is bad. This is just me being like this was surprised. I I didn't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. Because in my head, I had this idea that circles were like a bunch of people who are like like nightlights. <laughs> if you put yeah. ten nightlights together, it's a significant amount of light, right? Yep, definitely. Uh, Chris Porter, thank you for that super chat. Did they invert the weaves? Um, they I, never said that they did. They didn't say that they did. And also, I don't think inverting the weaves stops you from glowing right when you hold the oh source, yeah you that's a good literally point. glow like you can like you can hide the weaves um you can hide that you something that you're actively doing but i don't think we've ever seen anybody hide that they are holding the source maybe it's happened in the books and we're just forgetting it but i don't remember that ever happening yeah does inverting the weaves stop you from glowing i don't know just curious. Huh. Uh, but yeah, Avienda fucking crushes it here. I really like the description of um, the Shadow Forgers. I think they're very cool. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope we get some more with them because mm-hmm. I, I think they're pretty rad. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't Randall know. Moore says maybe they mastered the art of standing so still as to appear invisible. God damn it. You can't see me right now. It drags, we can see you. <laughs> but also, he's talking in that scene, and I'm like, if your lips are moving, you're not being still. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, no, I know. Um, yeah, Avienda is a badass here. Uh, I did, I, and with, this ends with, like, the great, great, great Amis line of, uh, you now have the, like, leadership, you, you are now a leader, which means you get all the headaches of being a leader. Yeah, Which yeah. I was like, well done. Yeah, but she's, like, so happy and, like, proud of it. Oh, it, it, it warmed my cold heart. <laughs> uh, Seasting777 says, at Winter's heart battle, Sindane did that against Olivia. She was weaving, but it was all obfuscated, so she didn't know what, uh, what was happening. That's fair. She didn't know what the weaves were. But she still knew that Sindane was weaving. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's what we're talking about. We've established that, like, women, when they're holding on to the source, not even channeling. Oh, when Semiraj, hold... no, when Semiraj attacked Rand, Nynaeve didn't see anything. That is true. Oh, I wondered if maybe Gregory that... Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that is a thing. I thought that might have been a Terangriol because I, I feel like we hadn't had, like... We, I, I, I but there is a way like to do it in been... the world. Is, yeah. is basically what it is. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, where the fuck is Olivia? Isn't she supposed to kill Rand? She's here. I Is she? Yeah. I did not see her name anywhere. Yeah, it was mentioned a, a one single time. I really thought Olivia was going to be a bigger part of these books because she's going to kill Rand. And, like, the, the books have completely forgotten that she exists. I know, and I feel bad. Like, I want to get to, like, know her as a person. Nah, she's just right? going like, to show up and do a thing. Yeah. But... It's also interesting that Egwene uh, is, like... You have to tell me everything about Sanchin culture to Aguinan when they have Olivia there. They've had Olivia for a while. Yeah, like what did Olivia well, not tell actually, him? Actually, I don't know that Egwene has ever met Olivia. 
I don't know that Egwene knows who Olivia is. Really? Yeah, because Olivia's been with Rand the whole time. She's never been with Egwene. So I actually, think... I don't think that... Um... But, like, she knows that Olivia exists. You know what I mean? Because Nynaeve would, like... I, I don't think she would. Why would you bring her up? I don't know. Her and have Nynaeve have meetings. I just assumed that was, like, kind of important. Maybe. I don't know. You know what? I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I was, I was just hoping we'd spend... I was hoping that Olivia was going to be one of the keys the series would use to dismantle the Sanchin slavery culture. And she just has been kind of not used to do anything. Uh, and uh, definitely not interact with the Sanchin in any way. Yeah, I wish so she was more prevalent. It's just not... Yeah, I, I, I wanted more out of the character. And, you know, we might get a little bit... But there's... Here's one of the there's problems... There's still half a book left. I know, but there's so much that has to happen with main characters mm -hmm. that to, like, tell a satisfying story around Olivia at this point, I think it's a little too late. Yeah. You would have to detract from everybody else. Yeah. In order to do it. And so it, it is what it is. It's it's not the end of the world. I It's just a character that I think would have... It would have been cool to get more from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. You know. Yeah. That's all. I hear you. Uh, We cut to Rand, who... uh, This is when Rand appears at the base of Shia Ah, uh, right, and then him and Avienda uh, 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 make eye contact. Uh, yeah. <laughs> From across the distance. They do room. the like. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. Uh, and this is how they say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, they're busy. They got shit to do. I'm not gonna lie. You could have just you could have just written some goodbye scenes, and we'll get into the goodbye scene that I really wanted. Look, you could have written a couple. They of don't. Them. The, the, there's an, the relationships in this series. I know, but to knock it, to knock it, like Gawain and Egwene's wedding when they're gonna die. I know. To not like. I know. Trust me, I know. There, there's so many goodbyes <laughs> to to have Min and Rand not say goodbye, so, so that Min can go off and do that bullshit. The, the the emotional scenes are literally just cut out of this book. They just aren't there. Yeah. It is just battle. And I think that I would actually enjoy the battle more if it if the book was willing to give me some of the relationship stuff yeah. in greater quantities. Yeah. Because I, I, I like, think... I care about these people. I yeah. want to know how they deal with these things. Not just, like, the, the mechanics of it, but, like, the emotional, like, influences behind that. There is so much description of, like, pikemen in lines... And I'm I I I just think that like Egwene and Gawain's wedding would have been a satisfactory thing to have in the book. I agree. Yeah. And I think that it it, it would cut up what is a lot of just kind of like we're losing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, but we're gonna get to the 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 reunion that doesn't happen. That I'm I'm. Mm. Uh. Yep, Rand going to Shagul. Yeah. Um. Yep. Uh, and so Tom is there. They bring Tom. Here's the thing. They bring <laughs> Tom, but they don't bring Min. That one was so weird to me because it was like, they're basically, they have the same, like, not powers. They have the same skills with the knives and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's like, no, Min, you're a liability. But Tom, Tom, you can stay. But also, they bring Tom seemingly without a plan for why he's there. He's like, so I that... guess I'm going to wait here. And they're like, oh, yeah, you should probably wait here. Like, oh, that's a good plan. But, like, I was there, like, did did Tom just, like, walk through the portal and you guys, like, didn't realize it until the last minute? We, we kind of forgot that Because they was seem there. surprised that he's there. Moraine is like, oh, right, my husband. Ah, oh, no, fuck, know, I'm not used to being married. Um, <laughs> and so he's like, well, I guess I'll guard this thing. That I, I can I can do that. There's like, a ledge I can write some songs That from. wasn't, like, a plan. Yeah. But it just, he's like, I guess I'll, I'll do that. And maybe it was a Rand plan that he just didn't share with Moraine. But Moraine legitimately seems to believe that Tom is just 
that is just coming. Yeah. And yeah. even Tom is like, I I don't know. I, I think this is my spot. Yeah. It just, it's this like, felt very, it, it, was a, it felt unintentional in a way that I found very funny. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's funny. Um, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna watch the battle and maybe uh, write some songs and poems about yeah. it. He's just up there like, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the wheel's been turning. <laughs> um, and so. Uh, oh yeah, Rand is bleeding. Rand bleeds on the rocks of Shia Ghoul. Oh my God. He did it. Like did prophecy, yeah. Uh, and he was but like, he's maybe just we kind of stop. But he's just—he's bleeding for no reason. It just opened up again. Uh, look, I have never had a wound that like continually opens up, so I don't understand like medically how that works. But yeah, they to just like fair. walk in here and to he just fair, starts bleeding. We don't have magic in the real world, so yeah, yeah, that's also true. <coughs> yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that Olivia was going to be the one that made him bleed on the rocks of Child Ghoul. Nah, nah, he just coughed too hard. He wa- like, No, he like <laughs> took like, he, he stopped walking and so he started bleeding. It like pools, yeah. you know. It, yeah, it was just funny. I was like, oh no, he's he's just bleeding. Don't worry about it. Uh, and so he goes in to the thing. He unsheathes Kalendor. Uh, and he asks Moraine and I need to form a circle. Moraine is like, should we do it safely? We'll be in control. And he's like, I'm not trying to be safe. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they, they go in and they walk down uh, the, the tunnel of time problems, um, of time dilation or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, Wibbly, as, wobbly, timey-wimey. as he's there, he's like, ah, fuck, is it the right time? God, I think. Are you there, it's God? Like, it is time. Wah, wah, Let the task wah, be wah, undertaken. Wah. Yeah. Rand Althor, someday all this will be yours. <laughs> he lives in you. Hey, hey, hey. Could you imagine if Rand actually becomes the Dark One? Rand, Rand does not defeat the Dark One, he becomes the Dark One. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, I also love that the like the, the cave is closing and Rand stops and stands and he's like, no. I will not crawl to you, Dark no. One. No, cut out this fucking bullshit. I was like, so good. So, this is literally <laughs> the voice of God. The dark one. No, it's not the dark one. What do you mean? This is the voice of. This is just God. Just talks to Rand. No, that that's the the dark. The dark one talks like that. No. Yeah. Because the dark. Because the next time we see Rand, uh-huh. the first thing that is said is that the dark one realizes Rand is there for the first time. No, no. That's, this is not. No, no. no this no, they, is not the no, dark one. They notice it the moment he walks into the tunnel. No. Yes, they do. No. Yes, they do. It, no, I'm telling you right now. No. This is the voice of Nakomi speaks to Rand in this moment. No, 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 no. They, they, the dark one literally notices. Light blinded fool says I'm right. Barrow says I'm right. No, it's the moment he enters the tunnel. No, this is literally God. I, I'm telling you right now, it's not the dark one. This, the. The creator, whoever the fuck it is, just speaks to Rand. He's like, this has been going on for too long. Get to it. No. I'm not. I'm. I'm. A th- Everybody is actually agreeing with me in chat for once. It's the only time it's ever happened in a year and a half of podcasting. But chat is all on my side here. Um. Okay. Where does he walk in? Because it says they literally like the dagger does its thing. Yeah, which means that, that Rand enter. can't, which which is why the Dark One can't sense Rand yet. No, he senses him as soon as he... Uh, no, that is, you're, you're thinking about the next Rand POV. I promise you, you're thinking about the next Rand POV. 
God damn it. I that that doesn't make any sense. Why? We didn't because there is no God. We don't like Yeah, there is. There's the creator. They've talked about the creator the whole series. In chapter 25. But the creator doesn't influence or touch the world. Chris Porter, thank you for that super chat. Uh, I would love it if some stupid accident happened. Rand is destroyed by the Dark One, the pattern destroyed, and we never learn what the Dark One really was. Could you imagine? That would be hilarious. Climbed forward. Here, it's in chapter 25. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm here. No, you're not. You're in chapter 23. That's where we're at. Yeah, but I'm saying that, I'm. but in chapter 25, I'm going to show you the exact time where the Dark, two chapters later, the Dark One realizes Rand is there. Um, in chapter 25, sorry, chat, we can't skip over this because God literally just shows up. I thought that that was the dark one. No, it's God. It is literally just God talking around. Oh, here it is. Um, what the fuck? It was Bella. You're sorry. You're right. It was Bella. Two chapters later, the Rand POV starts with, as Rand entered the cavern, something changed in the air. The Dark One only now sensed his arrival and was surprised by it. The dagger had done its job. Oh, so, oh, I thought we, sorry. When we talked about the tunnel closing, I thought that that's what this was. The creator literally just talks to Rand out of the blue for no fucking reason. He says he's heard this voice once before. In book one. What? Yeah, in the first book. When? Apparently God talks to him in the first book. Everyone in chat's saying it. What? What? I read the first book twice now. Yeah, I know. I don't... Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't love it, but it, it is. it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I guess it doesn't actually matter. I don't really. I, I'm. I'm not sure. I love the that God suddenly talks to Rand now. But it's fine. I yeah okay sure yeah. Sure. I thought that it only that the God, dark one talked in all capitals. It's just it, so it, I thought it was the dark one. It has the implication that the creator is like has like intentions, which I I find weird. You know what I mean. That, like, the creator intended for all of this. I don't like any time the creator intended for all of this. Because that means that, like, the creator intended for slavery to happen. Which is, like, a weird thing that I always struggle with. Well, yeah. If if, if the creator has it has intention in this moment, it, it means that, that it has intention at other points in time. And so, it's just kind of... Yeah, and, and honestly, like, it, it gets into my issue with prophecy. Of, like, oh, well, if this was all supposed to happen, then... Why did anybody do anything? Like, then why does it matter that it happened? It, it, and it, it is kind of the, like, whole, like, free well, will. can be fulfilled in different ways, so. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 it, 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 it wasn't, like, detrimental. I just, it was just a weird, like, oh, that was God. And I didn't realize that it was God until two chapters later. And I went back and I was like, oh, God just spoke to Rand. Oh, you didn't realize? Okay, I was like, wow, no, no. I feel like a dumbass. I didn't realize it was God until I got to chapter 25 and read Rand be like, the Dark One only now sensed. And I was like, no, the Dark One talked to him two chapters ago. So I went back and read it and I flipped back and forth a couple times. And I was like, oh, that's that must be God. I Yeah, sure, I guess. All right, God talks to um, yeah. Rand. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. I missed that. Uh, all right. Next chapter, 24. To ignore 
the omens. Uh, for Tuona is in Abu Dhar watching Matt get shit ready. And she's like, you know what, dude? You're naughty. And so she pronounces that his name will forever be naughty. Yeah. Because uh, he's a naughty, naughty boy. Uh, and uh, All right, King Julian. He is also the rod holder. Hot. <laughs> Hot. So Matt gets renamed as the naughty rod holder. Yeah. Which sounds like a porn book in a fantasy setting. Oh, that's his like stage name. It is like that. What's the one holder. from Skyrim? Um, the the lusty Argonian maid. The lusty Argonian maid. And the um. The, the sequel. The sequel to the lusty Argonian maid is the naughty rod holder. No, no, it's the um something Argonian bard. Um, what's it? There's the lusty Argonian maid and the something Argonian bard, but I can't remember what the name is. Weird. Uh, Spooter's, yeah. you can't, it's not a dead name, uh, because... Matt didn't pick it. Matt didn't pick it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, only dead naming if you are disrespecting a name that someone has chosen for themselves and asked you not to use. Yeah. Matt heard her go naughty and went, I don't mind it, but, like, my name's Matt. Your name is Mark from now on. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, no, I doesn't... No, why did well, you go with I'm my sister's gonna, husband's it name? It was the first thing that came, I don't fucking know. Oh, God, that's so weird. Doesn't matter. You can't be David now, that's dead naming. I, I decided. I fucking decided. My name is Nerdy. Please respect that. Um, <laughs> Sultry Argonian Bar. Thank you. I just you. I yeah. just was like, really? You went with the Naughty Rod Holder, Brandon Sanderson? Yeah, the Naughty Rod Holder. It just sounds like a gay porno, which I know is not okay in the Mormon faith. So like... Well... Well, well, well. I think, I, I think this. I think this was one this of those like Freudian, those Freudian moments. <laughs> it's a Freudian slip. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Matt from Cawthon, now known as the Naughty Rod Holder, coming to a strip club near you. <laughs> he does take his clothes off. This is the actually. fantasy. This is the fantasy version of uh, Magic Mike. Yes, yeah. yes, he does stand bare chested next to Min later, who's like, "Todd, I want to do the same thing," and he's like, "All right, I dare you." <laughs> and then she gets mad at him, and I was like, "Min, you walk." Mm-hmm. I that was a joke that I was like, "That's a funny joke for Matt to say," and Min. Min being like, oh, you're not allowed to say that. Min, you started it. Yeah, I mean, that was you. That was, that one was on you a little bit. She's just so used to Rand being all flustered by her butt that he can't, like, have any comebacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so she was surprised that someone actually... Well, unless um, he comes back. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, LK, wait, LK just funny. It's actually not AI, confirming Matt was a simulation all along. Not AI. Oh. No, he's the naughty rod holder. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, yeah, Naughty Rod Holder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a fan fiction. This makes him uh, third in command beneath Galgan. Uh, so Galgan is now like, oh well, I have to assassinate Matt. Matt's like, cool, great, thanks, thanks, wife, making my life more complicated as yeah. we go into war. Oh, but it's a sign of respect. They think you're a threat if they try and kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, the fucking Sanchez. And uh, the Naughty Rod Holder says, "We gotta go. Uh, uh, Egwene is under attack, and we need to help." And Fortuona is like, I guess I said that we would help them. Fine. But any treaty can be broken by the Empress because it is just a piece of paper. Oh my God, I know. I can break any treaty, but I'm going to decide. She signed the treaty fucking like three days ago. I know, and already she's like, like, I can break it. Matt, 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 Matt. You don't understand how the Sunshine work. We don't don't have any honor. We we suck. We are the worst people. The Empress is above treaties. Yeah. The Duh. Empress is above the word of the Empress is what she's saying, which is the most, like, fucking... It, she sucks. She's yeah. just... She's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We do not like Tuan, in case you didn't notice. Uh, but we find Lan at Tarwin's Gap. And um, 
there's some uh, there's there's some weird shit going on, some shenanigans. Agamar's like, yeah, my dreams are a little funky. Carrie, thank you for that super chat. Carrie, thank you. Can't wait to see you guys again at DragonCon. You too. It's gonna be so fun. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. They they go out of their way to be like Agamar is coming up with reasonable plans, but he has weird dreams, and Land is like curious. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of it. Yeah. And then we move on to a. And I was like, oh, Graindel. Grandall's fucking with Agamar. Great. Lan's gonna die. As soon as we found out about the uh, Grandall doing dream shit, I was like, oh. Wait, no. This on. is this is where this is okay. This, now I can talk about it because this is what happens. Oh. Lan. Wait, no, it doesn't happen here. Never mind. Next chapter. I don't. Let's I was going. like, I don't know what we'll you're going to talk about. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Elaine's point of view. Elaine is uh, putting her. She she's gotten to Kyrian. She's yeah. outside of Kyrian, uh, and they come up with a plan to circle. The oh actually no that was the land thing where it happens I think Maybe? really what happens give me one second yeah that is it land pats his chest so we're gonna go back one land pats his chest and is like there's the letter from Nynaeve let the fucking characters talk to each other oh. <laughs> these characters can teleport just write scenes where they talk to each other before the end of the of the fucking scenes I the, know. the book land and Nynaeve literally land fucked off books ago to go right across the north and Nynaeve can goddamn teleport and knows where Lan is and they don't get a final moment together before this. Yeah. Instead she sends him a letter and he's like, oh very sweet. Time for war. And I was like, just 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 give me like Aww. just give me a page. I know, something. Just give me a page of him being like, hey I'm sorry I left. Hey, I love you. Hey, we're married. Yeah. Just, just give hey, me like. Hey, we're married. Just give me so. Just give me a little bit instead of like having all of the relationship stuff off page in this book. Because mm-hmm. that I, I, it, it, it is making this book feel very rushed to me. Mm. This book feels like it is rushing through these fights. Right. Because we don't get the emotional parts of it. Yes. Because yeah. because the characters aren't interacting with the people they claim to love. Yeah. Because they're like we're skipping over the ends of the emotional arcs to get to these battles that are that suddenly sprung up in this book Mm -hmm. and don't really tie off a lot of like emotional arc from previous books these Mm -hmm. battles are just battles right that these characters are fighting because they're in this position yeah i just like give me like i i don't need a letter i need i want to i want to see these characters interact yeah, I, I don't need you. weddings off page. I don't need romance off page. I don't need to be told that those things happened. Yeah. Those are the things I want to see now because that is where that's what's going to make me cry. Yeah, I'm not going to cry because of the combat. I don't care. like that stuff is going to happen no matter what. Yeah, it's the emotional stuff that actually matters. And so this this I was like when he was like, oh yeah, I got a letter from Nynaeve. I was like, fuck. Are we are we going to see any of these characters interact with people who aren't at their battlefield for the rest of these books when these characters can teleport? I know. And also like enter the dream world. They could spend every night together. They yeah. just could. And it wouldn't and they're opening the gateways anyway to move stuff around so it wouldn't even be hard. Yeah. And they just don't. Yeah. No, I I agree. Anyway. Anyways, Elaine makes a sick speech, you know? She uh rewrites yeah. it on the fly. And Brigitte's like, oh, when did you change that? She's like, uh, you know what? The the sun went out and I kind of forgot my lines. <laughs> yeah. like, That's fair. You know what? That is valid. We've oh, all been on stage where something happens and distracts you and you're like deer in the headlights. Yeah, but usually we just falter. Well, she made something up. No, she no, I'm saying she crushed it. She crushed it. My worst, my worst break ever on stage. Oh my god. I was in Indianapolis. Elf. Yeah, I was, so I was doing Elf the Musical. I was on the, like, national tour of Elf. Mm-hmm. 
and I was the understudy for Buddy the Elf. And so I'd done the show once. I, I played Buddy in uh, our opening night in Hershey, Pennsylvania, because uh, Daniel had um, drank a, a eggnog milkshake at a gas stop on the side of the road that we all told him not to do. Uh, and he got sick from it and didn't was not able to do the show the next day. And so I had done it once, but we got to Indianapolis and we had like a three show day mm -hmm. and Daniel wanted to do all three, but the company said no. And so I was on for the 11 o'clock Yeah. and Daniel was in like the sixth row center. So I could see him the entire show watching and he's the best, honestly, one of the best dudes in the world. One of the kindest, like I wish I had half of his kindness. Mm -hmm. Um, People would like me more. Uh, and uh, so he's like looking up at me and we're we're getting the the guy who played my dad had like fumbled his line. And so we're going into the big act two song, the story of Buddy the Elf. And he fumbled his line. And so I was a little bit like thrown off by it. And I turned to uh, the to Travis on the other side of the stage and I start the song and I'm like, page one. And I had no, there was just nothing. There were no words. There was no, like, there was nothing in my head. And I'm looking at Travis and I'm looking back and the composer is staring at me and I look out and I make eye contact with Daniel like, <laughs> and I'm standing. My mom is in the audience. Yeah. Like my mom flew to Indianapolis to see me. Uh -huh. I am fully dead on stage. Like there's just nothing. And the, the we had like seven band members and the rest of the orchestra was on a click track. Mm -hmm. And so that click track kept going until the guy had stopped it. So yeah. that, that was like two bars ahead. And I was standing there on stage, just like page one. And finally, Audra puts her fucking clipboard in front of her face. And she's like, fresh out of toys. I was like, fresh out of toys. Santa makes his way back. Rest of the song just falls out. Nothing. Thank you, Audra. Thank you. Audra. I thought. I thought work. that I had been standing there for a year. Yeah. yeah. I thought oh, yeah, yeah. like the world had come to an end. Yeah. A meteorite had struck. We nukes had gone off. It was six seconds. I. I it was literally six seconds, yeah. and nobody in the audience knew. Yeah. But I. I. I will remember oh, you it. You know. You feel yeah. it. You're like ah. Yeah. It is my. It is the strongest memory I have of that entire tour. Is mm -hmm. those six seconds that felt like. Yeah. The long. Yeah. It's so funny. When I was doing Mary Poppins, um, our Mary, we were in the middle of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And she, like, comes, like, she, she like, steps up and she's like, and when you forget the words and don't know what to say. <laughs> and everybody just fucking burst at laughing because she, she full, like, went, and we're all like, girl, it's all right. We've been there. Oh, We've done this 60 times. I've done, I've done that. So just been like, I don't know. Uh, I was doing a Christmas concert and I was singing Chestnuts Roasting of an Open yeah, Fire. Yeah. Fully just went, I don't know what the third verse is. My brain. Yeah, it, it's, it happens. It, it just. Guys, it happens. It happens. It happens. All right. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's good times. Good times. So uh, Elaine gives a great speech, uh, much better improv than I did on stage. Mm -hmm. And um, she has to because the sun is occluded. And we know like they're, they're lining up the plot lines with like when the sun is crossed over with darkness. Yep. Bad shit's happening. Yeah. Um, a total eclipse of the sun. <laughs> Forever's gonna start tonight. Um, and uh, kind of. Literally. Maybe. Actually, maybe. And uh, Elaine is like, I'm a fight. And Brigitte's like, what? And she's like, I'm the literally... If we lose, my babies die anyway. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? Not fight? Yeah. And Brigitte's like, yes, yeah, that's fair. Okay, fine. But we're gonna that, do it over here. That's fair. But, like, maybe don't be at the front. We're gonna be smart about it. You're gonna help plug holes. 
That's what she said. Exactly. That is what Brigitte said. That is what Brigitte said. She is an airtight girl. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, Look, this podcast um, is what it is. If you don't, if if you're still here, that's not the worst thing I've said on this show. No, no, it's not. Uh, as long as all three men are super ugly, she's down for it. That's true. Yep. Uh, oh my god! You know who Brigitte would fucking love to have sex with? Grainville's new body. Oh, I didn't think Brigitte was bi. She's into ugly people. And we're, I, look, she's going to see Grainville. Even if she's not bi right now, she's going to be like, that's the ugliest be, person ever. Fuck yeah, let's go. Get on me. Oh my God. You just have to find a like, like ugly misshapen strap on. They'll be good to go. Yeah, yeah, they'll love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riddell Iteralde is um, hanging out at Shale Ghoul as one does at the end of a series. Hey, remember the sea folk? Yeah. Do you guys remember them? They haven't really done anything. They're doing stuff. They're fighting the dark one with the bowl of winds, apparently. Apparently they're off, yeah, using the bowl of winds, because otherwise it would be too windy. <laughs> I was like, this was one of those things where I was like, sure. Yeah, Every... yeah, yeah. okay. At least they have a thing to do. <laughs> Every like... time we learn anything about the sea folk, it is always me being like, yeah, I, I guess. guess. Yeah, no, it was great. Oh, the Amayar all killed themselves? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're Why has this using, never been brought up before? I don't know. They're using the Bowl of Winds to make sure it's not too windy for people, which I guess is um, nice of them. And then yeah. Interalde fucks up the Trollocs. Oh, like, it's so cool. Absolutely fucking demolishes them. Mm-hmm. Um, And it was great. Well done. Well done. Yeah. And he's like, all right, we held for one day. Let's go. Yeah, but I, I love the description of it. And I love, like, the the way that this chapter gets into Itaralde's brain about, like, oh, hey, if I move a bunch of Earth, A, I have humans. That's a lot of work. Yeah. It's going to wipe out the channelers. What can I move that is light but dangerous? And, like, it... it it gets into it gets into a lot of the smart stuff that the humans are doing, right? Like, um, we'll get we're not. It's not important enough to talk about it in the Min section. But when Min goes to the uh, traveling path later, and like you have to crawl through, we're making the gateways as small as possible to save energy. To conserve, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, I have to crawl." And I was like, "No, that that makes so much sense. Like yeah. that is brilliant. Yeah. Why would you waste energy making a man-sized hole when a man can squeeze or a woman can With squeeze fireworks? Sorry. <laughs> Do you think that Matt can open a man-sized gateway with fireworks? Probably. If he blows them up in the right If way. anyone can, Naughty Naughty Rod Holder can do it, you know? So, like, the, the, this this battle with the burning logs, I mean, it was very Return of the Jedi. Um, I love that it was, like, the Ewoks fucking fighting the Empire. Yeah. But uh, loved great. it. The brambles. And 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 his being, like, the, the brambles get harder to traverse as you go so mm-hmm. that you never pick up momentum. Yeah. I was like, that is... I fucking love Itaralde. Yeah. I love so him smart. so much. Mm-hmm. So, so much. Yeah. So fucking good. Yeah, like this is I, great. yeah, he's he's fantastic. I, yeah, wish we'd had more of him. Uh, I, like I think we've, you know, there's an, definitely enough there. But like, he's a really cool character. He's also written more realistically than anybody else. Mm-hmm. He actually like has suffered the consequences of war in a way that makes him so much more re- like some of the soldiers are like Lan, who's like I am stone, and like like yeah. He's, he is a Rand fantasy who's character. Like, I just need to be as hard as I possibly can be. And, and like Gareth Bryan is just like calculating and cold and shut off, right? Mm-hmm. They're fantasy generals. Riddell is the general who feels the most like a real person to me. Yeah. Because he's standing there going, my hands are shaking because of Maradon. Like the, this war has actually impacted me emotionally. And that makes him so fascinating. Yep. 
It's so good. I just want to hang out with him. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a really cool guy. I just loved it. I I love this whole sequence and I loved him. Like, I loved that he's like, they're going to turn around and he starts walking away like fucking like the opening of CSI Miami and everyone else is like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. He puts the sunglasses on and walks through the gateway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was great. (laughs) And then they like, oh yeah, he's right. They turned. Chef's kiss. Well done. This, this honestly, one of my favorite things I've read in all of the Wheel of Time was just this POV of Rodell. Yep. I, uh, so cool. Yeah. 11 out of 10. And he's not perfect. He's mm-hmm. shaking and he's a little bit broken, but he keeps going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Honestly, I would I would I wouldn't mind if Rand had a little bit more of that. I wouldn't mind if Rand felt a little bit more human after Veins of Gold. He's he's he became back like a little Jesus-y. He's Jesus, yeah. And I think that like if they if they had toned that down, I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. I yeah. like where Rand is. I'm really enjoying him, but I think that a, a couple more like human cracks in that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, chapter 25, I think. Quick yes. Fragments. Which is what this whole book is, is Quick Fragments. Basically, yeah. Swan uh, is like, oh, hey, Egwene's alive. Great. Cool, cool, cool. Love that for us. Yeah. Uh, and they are um, getting ready to battle. And Egwene is like, we're going we're gonna to stand on the hills. And we're going to stand at the river. Mm-hmm. We're going to stand in the fields. We're going to fight. For freedom! Uh, and uh, they're like, hey, there's some rockin'. Uh-huh. There's a Aerosmith's rock and Roller Coaster live from Hollywood Studios in sunny it's Disney World no, Orlando. Disneyland. No, there's no uh, there's no uh, rock and Roller Coaster in Disney Oh, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. My bad. I was like, right? I'm pretty sure. No, it's only, no, it's at Hollywood Studios Disney in Disney World. World. You right, you right, you right. Great um, ride, great ride. And uh, Rand had sent a message with Min. Didn't get to see their goodbye. Uh, that yep. the Sanchin fight the shadow. Yay. And Min is now a clerk. Yeah. Hey, Min's super big brain. Um, yeah. The, 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 the books were like, Min will do something later. We're just going to give her a job. Oh, she's going to do something later. Yeah, she's going to get she's kidnapped. She's going to, she's, <sighs> she, that just means she's going to level up. I fucking hope so. You know she's going to be the next Amarillin seat. Probably. Um, Min gets kidnapped by the Sanchin and she becomes the Amberlynn. Basically. <laughs> it's the uh, circle of life. We we get we get Rand in the in the cavern and you're right. This is when the, the Dark One senses Rand and he's like, Oh, I guess the dagger works. Yeah. Um and then this is the moment where the cavern gets smaller and Rand is like, No, fuck you and the Dark One's like, Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> it, exactly like that verbatim, that's how it happened. Uh this is also where we see Shadar Haran's uh lifeless body yeah i was i was really hoping he'd do something cool in this book me too um it's fine it's fine uh rand uh uses calendar to like light up the room where the dark one's nothing black body is uh and he's like naive moraine i got this uh and uh moradin is like he's like moradin be a good guy moradin's like nah no (laughs) well all right we fight we fight yeah uh, this was cool. I, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of hoping we would like get a little bit of this, but nope. this is the last. This is the last thing Rand does for the next four. We've chapters. already seen them fight. It's fine. <clears throat> yeah, but like this is the Rand to me is the most important part of this book, and he's in it the least. He's definitely like present. It's he's his stuff is very tidbitty. Yeah. And I, I was kind of hoping that Memory of Light was going to have a lot more Rand in it. I feel like it'll balance out with the last battle. I that hope is my so. guess. Yeah. I, re- I really do hope so. I was just hoping for more. 
I was hoping for more Rand in this book. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing him a little bit. Fair. Yeah, just personally. Yeah, I get that. Um, because like I was like, oh cool, we're gonna get more Rand in the next few chapters, and like th- we see parents see him, but we we do not come back to this at least for four chapters from now. Mm-hmm. Um, Lan, we cut over to land, and Lan is like, oh my god, all my people are hurt. Let's pull back. Let's let someone else be at the front. Hey, wait, there's those two teams are headed in the same direction. Agomar's evil. Well, it's no. The only, it's the only explanation. He that he doesn't think that. He's like, that's a strange mistake. Like, he gets, mm-hmm. like, a little... Like, he makes a mental note of it. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm going to check in on this. Because also, What's-His-Face um, was like, yeah, Agomar made, like, a weird mistake. And Lan is like, oh, well, you know, it's battle. Baldur. Yes. Baldur's yeah. Gate. Baldur's Gate. Um, so, you know, Lan is like, okay, that's strike number two. That is definitely sus. And he's like, I'm going to go look into that later. But first, we get Perrin. Well, no, I, I I like what he does here, which is that he's like, hey, dude. I can't remember who he's talking to. But he's like, if you wanted to fuck up the army from the inside and you were in charge, what would you do? Oh, I thought that was next. Oh, is sec- it the next thing? Yeah, because that's Some of these plot longer. lines blend together. I know, I know, because they happen, like, sequentially. But, yeah, yeah. this is the point where he just notices a thing and he's like, I'm going to check in on that. And then, yeah, yeah he yeah. does talk to that guy. But let's go point. to Perrin first. Perrin uh, is... Fighting Slayer. Slayer's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of, they, they, they just kind of like have a little bit of a, a, a like a pow, pow. warning match. They're, they don't really like go full fight yet. They're bouncing around. There's some weird imagery where people are dust. Uh, I didn't oh, really know what was going on. Slayer's like, you're here in the flesh. Yeah. Uh, and then Perrin is like fighting Slayer through the dust things as they swirl around them. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's some cool shit going Tell on. Tell Rainrail's getting fucking weird, y'all. Yeah, there's a red veil dial group of people. Um, yeah. And uh, then the wolves join in and help out with that. Thank God for the wolves. Uh, clutch. So Slayer leaves. Uh, he like is like, uh, not yet. Uh, and he does, he is like, I'm glad you're here because I want to kill you so bad. But they told me I couldn't hunt you. But now I can just, uh, now, now you're here. But now you're here. So I will be doing my job. Thank you for the present. And Lanfear, so they take a couple of the red uh, veiled Aiel captive because uh Perrin is like you're stupid and they're like we're dumb yeah and uh i love that Lanfear is like just kill them their souls are gone they've been turned and Perrin's like i i, oh, fuck, I really don't want to do that though yeah and so gaul who's a fucking badass and That's apparently up. already like a master of the dream world and can like bamf around and he's he's like nightcrawler he at this it. point yeah he fucking gets it he kills them because they were brothers yeah he's and like no nah, that, that's my job that was the most emotional part of the whole reading this week. I was like, "God damn, Gowl. Yeah. God damn. Yep. This yep. got this. This legitimately got me. I wasn't expecting it, but it's like, brutal. Yeah. Because like you know, like it's one of those things that's just so tragic. It's not like you know, you have them captured, and it's like, if you just let the, them go, they're just gonna hurt more people because they literally don't have a soul. They can't be reasoned with. There's yeah. nothing to be done here mm-hmm. because they they have been yeah they yeah 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 it's brutal. It's, uh, the dark one sucks. Um, so yeah, yeah Gao kills them, and, um... And then, uh, Perrin is, like, uh, Perrin, Lanfear heals Perrin, and yeah. Perrin's, like, and Gao, and she's, like, I don't work for you. And she, he's, like, if you want to be friends... Yeah. It's a good place to start. She's, like, fine. Yep. <laughs> I will use the... I will do something that is, like, the least amount of energy needed. Yeah. <laughs> she's... She wants to be a good guy, but she's still petty and the worst. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard for her. Yeah. She's working on she's, it. She's trying, you know. She's, she's, she's got progress to make, and that's She do okay. be trying. Yeah. She do be trying. Do be trying. 
Uh, and so a parent goes to give a message to Nynaeve because the veil, very thin. Very yeah, thin he goes veil. into the boar and watches Rand and uh, Morden fight. And Nynaeve and Morand are just kind of standing there watching. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Right? I it's, don't know. It's, like, <laughs> it's just very funny. It, that it, would suck. It would be like if Luke and Vader are fighting in the Emperor's throne room and Han Solo and Leia were like in the room just chilling. They're like, ah. <laughs> Well done. Good job. You got this. You got this, Rand. We believe in you. Believe in you. Uh, yeah, he lets them know that there's gonna be the, that he's gonna stop the gateways. They're gonna have to make him outside if they yeah. need to escape. Uh, nice. That's very nice. Of him because we talked them. about how it takes like hours to walk down the tunnel, and like getting down the tunnel well, takes forever. Go was like you were gone two hours. Yeah. And Perrin is like, oh yeah, no, that's weird. And so they. If, even if Demandred wants to fight Rand at this point, he has to travel for hours to get there. Yeah. Unless someone turns off the dream spike, which I feel like is going to happen. Yeah. I honestly feel like Moradin is just there to delay Rand because the longer that he can, they can toy with Rand, the more like of the allies they can kill outside. Yeah. 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 I have no idea. It, time wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Don't worry about it. Um. Yeah, and so if Slayer wants to go after Rand, he's going to have to run down that long hallway. Mm -hmm. He runs a lonely road. And then he decides to check up on what the fuck Randall was doing. Yeah, he's like, wolves, protect this. And protect that. He's hunting Sight Blinder, whatever. I'm going back calling. to my portal, which isn't going to open. I have a feeling Perrin's, the, the portal will not open. Oh, and Perrin's going to have to learn how to... Because I, I feel like Lanfear's last lesson that she's going to teach Perrin before he like kind of trusts her is how to get out of Teleranrion. Right. I said he was going to get stuck there permanently. I don't think that that is true, but I do think he's going to be stuck there until the last battle. Yeah. No. Yeah, I hear you. Which is weird. This feels like the last battle, but yeah. I know. I feel really weird about the fact that we are technically in the last battle, but also we're not. Yeah. It's very, it's very strange. Yep. Because this book, I, this book is just a lot of battle. It's, it's a lot of it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and I, I like, I'm, I'm enjoying it in the moment. And then sometimes I put the book down and I'm like, I'm tired. You're like, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> All right. Chapter 26. The best chapter in the fucking book. Uh, Let's yeah, yeah. go. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, Egwene and Tuan meet up and, uh. Egwene is a fucking G. Egwene is like, fuck you. Tuan's like, Matt's there. you need me. And Egwene's like, you know what? I do. But also, you take this rod and shove it up your cooter. You fucking piece of shit. Fuck you, Tuan. You are the worst. Yeah. Everybody hates you. Yeah. I'm going to watch your empire burn to the... I'm going to live hundreds of years. I'm going to kill your children. I'm going to kill your children's children. I'm going to oh. grind their bones into dust and make a fucking smoothie. My life is going to be dedicated to making sure everything you've built is destroyed. No one's going to remember the word Sanchin. And I was like, yes, Egwene. Yes, queen. I, I was ahead of you at this point. I was like, you're going to like Egwene in this. Oh, I loved it so much. Oh, it was fucking amazing. Like, Egwene, first of all, Tuan being like, I decided to use my own voice. I was like, yeah, you you, you decided not to sit so you'd both be equals. It'd be fucking stupid of you to undermine that agreement. Like, yeah, anyways. anyways. The, one, the one thing I could have used here, the one thing I could have used here Stop describing Tuan like she's a kid so much. It makes her and Matt's relationship very weird to me. Yeah, I just, you've mentioned it, that it doesn't need to be said again. We get it. She's short. Like, I, yeah, I, I get it. Um, but yeah, um, Egwene is like, mm, interesting. So did you know that I was a domain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
chew on that, motherfucker. Because and I is hated like, it. But it's it's not that she was a domain. It was that Tuan is saying if you experience a caller, you would know the bliss you of it. Understand? It's great. It's such a good times. And Egwene is like, oh, 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 oh you're mi- you're you're ill informed. Oh, mm. how sad for you. That's that's funny. Funny you should say that. So the Empress who knows everything doesn't know everything. Yeah, because I tried it actually. It wasn't for me actually. It kind of fucking sucked. And I just I loved I loved <laughs> finally because it should have been Rand. It really should have been Rand who did this. But I loved someone going, "Hey, you're wrong." Yeah. In front of a group of people, and like questioning her and being able to walk away from it. Yeah, and and the weird the fact that like Tuan like her relationship with Egwene is like different because she what like like the like an escaped domain has a different status than a marith domain or whatever the fuck this yeah. is. I was like, I the guys, this is too 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 much. <laughs> too much. No wonder Sanchin is back home fucking burning to fucking pieces because y'all are too complicated to actually like make shit happen. Um yeah, yeah. Uh it was great. They they <sighs> yes. They come to an agreement, right? They're like, okay, well, um, Tremalking, not yours. Not yours. And Duan's like, that's not any of your concern. And she's like, I'm making it my fucking problem. I'm making it my problem. You leave Tremalking alone. And but, like, okay, I do have a question about that. I don't, I, sure. I, Tremalking doesn't mean anything to me. Didn't everyone who lives on Tremalking kill themselves? The one faction of people all killed themselves, but, but the I sea thought that MIR still... were the people who lived on land, and the sea folk were the ones who lived on the boats. Well, I mean, they all—they're still all from there, right? And I was just kind of like they were like fighting over Tremalkine here, and I, I think you might be right, and I'm wrong, but I—I I was under the impression that everyone in Tremalkine had killed themselves, and so I was—they they were like fighting over this, and I was like, oh, do you guys not know that those people are all dead? It seems like the sea folk and the people who killed themselves had like a relationship where. The sea folk lived on the sea and then they lived on the land and they kind of like, you know, had bargains and whatever. So the the people who only lived on land and didn't go on the ships are all dead. But like Tremalking is still where the sea folk are from. Like that is their country. Okay. Right. So they're from that area. And so Egwene says you can't have the sea folk because, yeah, the other people are dead and doesn't matter. Like they're very sad. Um, but the, yeah, Egwene is like, no, no, I'm making it my fucking problem to protect the sea folk because Rand probably forgot. Um, cause everyone forgot about the fucking sea folk. Um. But they're fighting the dark one with the bowl winds. They're going. They're doing something. Yeah. And is like, okay, well, uh, you have to let in our fucking preachers to do, preach to the benefits of being a slave and Egwene is like sure 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 go for it you you no, go for it no like, no cause, no and and this this i disagree with Egwene on people will take her up on that well yeah but what's she gonna do at that point right like she has she's got to protect the sea folk and so she's like all right fine you can if if people want to come to you willingly i can't stop that that's not my job yes, right like until I, the like wrong nobleman's son goes and then there's war like, Look, I'm saying that, that there, there definitely will be problems with yeah. it, but I understand the agreement of it, right? And I understand the problem I have laughing with, at it. I understand. It's the problem I have with all of the agreements is that, like, they all lead to war. All of the agreements mm-hmm. are set up to lead to war. Rand Which promising why... five generations of women will stay in slavery mm-hmm. will lead to war. Which is why there has to be one single outcome that... that 
that is the actual wind condition. Like this yeah, yeah. to me just sets up all the different building blocks that can fall apart if this doesn't go perfectly, right? This is the one time it has to go perfectly. Otherwise, yeah, people get fucked. It's it, like it's it. Nobody wins if if Rand doesn't do exactly what he's supposed to do the perfect yeah. way he's supposed to do it, right? Which is the you know the wheel and the different worlds and the multiverse and shit like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, Tuan's like, well, we're gonna tell people how great it is to be a slave, and Egwene is like, yeah, fucking go for it. I was a slave and it sucked, and Tuan is like, <gasps> yeah. What? No, this seems great. Egwene calling Tuan out yeah. is so necessary. And he's like, oh, if you think it's great, put on a collar. Put on a collar, because you, yeah. uh, you can channel. It's going to work on you. And if you're so sure that it won't, put on the collar. Yeah. Well, what, what's going to happen? If I'm right, well, then you should have a collar on. And if I'm wrong, then it doesn't matter. So. And this is where we see Tuan be the like biggest fucking hypocrite in the world. Because she's like, well, maybe there's a difference between being able to channel and being able to learn to channel. So it doesn't matter. And I was like, oh, crack. you are... That's- that's the crap. The worst. Yep. That's the what she has to tell. She has to patch it up somehow. And that's the crack that's going to just split the Sanchen Empire. I'm ready for it. And I'm ready for Egwene to fucking get in there and just poke that crack. Because that's what she did in the White Tower, right? Mm-hmm. She like splintered it apart so that it could be brought back together uh, strong and whole again. So she's going to fucking ruin the Sanchen. I, look, if the, if the book gets into that, I'm going to love it. You know that, right? My concern right now is that I just don't think the book gets into it past this point. We'll see. Yeah. I, I really, but I, I want it to mm-hmm. because that would the the ending of this book with the Sanchen and how this book ends the Sanchen storyline. Mm-hmm. Maybe not ends the Sanchen as a people, but ends the storyline of the Sanchen will go a long way to informing my opinion of the whole series. Yeah. Because I think that in many ways that that plotline has been the worst handled Mm -hmm. and what it has done to Matt as a character has been the worst handled, right? I I think that in many ways the Sanchen are the anchor dragging what I think otherwise is a pretty fantastic series down in a big bad way. Mm -hmm. And how that plotline ends in this book is going to be a big part of how I feel about the series as a whole. Yeah. Because I still love the first six books a lot. Yeah. I still think the first six books are some of my favorite fantasy I've ever read. Yeah. Everything after that is all over the place for me in terms of loving stuff, hating stuff. It, it is a mixed bag. Gathering Storm is like a very bright light in that mixed bag. But how the Sanchen plotline ends to me is so much a part of how I feel about the whole book. Yeah. Because even in this scene, Matt is already kind of softening towards Tuan in a way that I don't love. Yeah. And like, I mean, he's been soft towards her the whole time, except when he's hard. Yeah, but, um, but this was this Egwene. I feel like opens up an opportunity for Matt here that he doesn't take with Tuan, mm-hmm. and he kind of softens Egwene towards Tuan and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I wish Matt had done more here. Yeah, I, and I felt like this was Matt's opportunity to do a little bit more, and he doesn't take that opportunity. I'm hopeful in the future he does. I'm hopeful Matt does something around this and is inspired by Egwene to make the Sunshine a better people and a better place. You know what I mean? Um, but here, you know, he... he. There's a weird thing in both Robert Jordan and um, Brandon Sanderson's writing of the Sunshine where they try and be like... They, they, they play the game of like, the Sanchen are bad, but they, they do rule well. Mm-hmm. And like, and Min goes to like the camp and is like, oh, they're very organized. Like they really know how to be organized. And it's like, yes, because they have slaves. Well, yeah, yeah. These books don't get into enough because even Egwene here... I thought that was apparent. But even Egwene here doesn't look at the Dacoval the way that she looks at the Domain. Right. 
And they're like, oh, wow, these whores in sheer clothing. This, it's like, well, they're the same. Like, they the, don't have a choice. Yes. The yeah. slavery isn't the issue for Egwene. It is that it is women channelers who are color. And so they're they're literally putting this like weird hierarchy on the and Rand doesn't bring up the Dock of All either, only the domain. Yeah. And like there is a weird element of all of these people who are looking at the Sanchen and commenting on the problems of the Sanchen, ignoring the Dock of All part of that problem. Mm-hmm. And it goes deeper with Matt, where Matt is sexualizing that Dock of All girl in that last week. Yeah. And so I, I'm hopeful that the I'm hopeful that these books don't like in talking about the domain, forget that, like, there is also a sexual slavery going on in this country that is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, CJB, thank you for that super chat. Egwene pretty much gives us on an exchange program like the IEL and Seafolk. It'll work to change them in the long run. I hope so. I, I, I really do. I think that Egwene uh, had the success that she had in the White Tower. I think that, honestly, Egwene is the person here to be interacting with Tuan, and I hope that it leads to... Um, some changes. Yeah, fuck the Sunshine. Uh Malindio um, says that's what people say about the British Empire. The uh, British are the villains. The Brit- you, they are the villains. I, yes. I would if if we read yes. a series that tried to portray the British Empire as necessary evil in the world, I would sit here and rail against it far longer than I ever have about the Sunshine. Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. do not want to get me started on what I think of the British Empire. And what they did in the world, what they did in India, what they did in the country that I live in, in Canada. My people, they suck. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't for one second think that I don't see the issues with the Sanchin in the British Empire. Because the British Empire is the fucking worst. Like, this, I'm not going to defend the Brits. I'm not going to defend the royal family of Britain. They're kind of indefensible. I don't want anyone watching this for one second to think that I think that this is a fantasy issue. This is a real world issue that I... Yeah, yeah. Let's not get into it too much. Um, yeah, no, I, I hear let's, you. Let's not fucking pretend that I am a supporter of the British Empire. I fucking hate them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, sorry, just when you're like, that's what people say about the British Empire. That's what I say about the British Empire. That's my opinion. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, we we still have a lot of problems to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I don't want to get too political. But like, hey, Canada, there are still native communities that live uh, under boil water advisory. So maybe let's fix that, Trudeau. You remember that thing you promised that you would that you would you would fix that six years ago and you haven't? Maybe, maybe you should you should at least fix that. Uh, it would be it would be a very very small place to start, but it would be great. If uh, there were indigenous children that didn't have to boil their water to drink it. That'd be uh, cool. Yeah. Thanks for that. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. We get over to Elaine's POV. And uh, it's been a long day of fighting and they're all exhausted. But it looks like they're surrounding the Trollocs and that their plan is working. Yep. They're like, oh, wow. Things going good. Okay. Yes. Let's fucking go. And then the other Trolloc army shows up. Uh, even though Bashir was like, oh, yeah, no. Tomorrow at the earliest. Um, surprise, motherfucker, uh, Davran Bashir probably has his dreams fucked with as well. If if he's a dark friend, yeah. I wouldn't like that. I think that would be very counter to his character. Um, but the fact that he kind of, like, stands his ground so hard makes me think that, like, he's literally just being fucked in, around by Grandal. Yeah. Because Grandal is the master of compulsion. We, mm-hmm. like, we know that about her. And she's fucking around in the dream world. And so I think that, I, I think that this is her influence and not that he is a dark friend. Oh, I think that everything that Bashir says, okay, so basically, like, they get fucked. 
um, because Bashir has not been sending out scouts. And so they go and confront Bashir about not sending out scouts. And Bashir says, no, I did send out the scouts. I think Bashir is being 100% honest. Yeah, I agree. He believes that he sent out those scouts. Mm-hmm. Because the because this is why the grain doll thing is so competent, is you don't even let them know that there's an issue. Yep. Because if if you had grain doll, if you had Bashir going, not thinking about the scouts, not, you know, like it would be obvious what's going on. Yep. But instead, he thinks that he did. Yep. And so there's no problem. I He has scouting reports. They don't exist, but he he remembers reading them. Yep. It is so fucking cool. It's so great. It's so I cool. Love it. And like, it makes Grandal so rad. She's the best Forsaken now. I'm so glad she's in the series. I mean, I hate her. Like, obviously I hate her, but yeah, I like yeah. competent villains. I like when the bad guys are scary. I Absolutely. like when they kill good guys. You know what I mean? Like, I want that so that the victories feel like there's like, there's a, there's the fist pump of victory, right? Yep. I really think that this book needs more of it, but it, it is finally happening. The bad guys have a really good plan and it's working and I'm into it. Yeah. I'm yeah. really into it. There's some good shit. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they kind of arrest Bashir as a dark friend because uh, obviously Elaine doesn't understand what's going on and they get ready to fight. Yeah. They might. They do fuck. win the first fight and it's um it's great. They, 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 they can't use the cannons to do it, so they take some heavy losses, but they win the first fight. This is where I would have pulled back into Kyrian personally. I would have used the walls, and I don't really understand why they don't, why they that, why they didn't plan to use the walls the whole time. Of Kyrian, they they literally say that like if they go inside and they give the Trollocs time to rest and recuperate, that there's no way that they can win because they don't have the number or the firepower. That's yeah, but that's not how like. They also, their channelers get to rest and recuperate. The the one thing about this plan that I never understood is, because I would have pulled into Kyrian immediately. It is a heavily fortified city that we have seen is really hard to take even with channelers, well, right? Well, it kind of got like busted up. Is it even back on no, its feet? No, the walls were never broken through. No, I thought even that when Even when in, Kuladin attacked yeah. with the Wise One channelers, yeah. the walls never fell. The door, the, the, the one gate did. Oh. But they only got through one doorway and they barely got through. If you're fighting and all of your kinswomen need time to recuperate so that you have channelers again, give them time to recuperate? I The book told me that uh, if they go inside the walls, it's a bad idea, and so I believed it. But Bashir says that when he's under the influence. No, but they say it again here. No, here it's here it's too late because they've interacted with the army from the north. And so they would. the, the reason why it's a bad idea now is they would, in disengaging... From that army, they would take too many losses to get inside. Yeah. So they ha- they they're they're stuck at this point. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if it if not going in the first time was a failure because Bashir's mind was being influenced. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Because they can't be sieged, right? Because of the gateways that they can make, they they can't be sieged. And so allowing a siege to take place of a city that is as fortified as Kyrian, I feel like would have been the better way for them to go, personally. I mean, the problem is like Because you the... can just pound people with those dragons. Yeah, but the Trollocs also have like dreadlords and stuff. So people can get in through gateways. Like, I don't know if it actually helps that much. I'm not sure. Tough. I'm not That's sure. That's tough. I Like, I, I I don't know. Um, Which is what... Yeah. Which is why I, they were like, oh, it's a bad idea. And I was like, okay, sure, if you say so. Like... Yeah, I just I, I I I'm not saying that it, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying that like I I wonder if it is Bashir. I, I'm only bringing it up because I wonder if it was Bashir being controlled by Grandal to not go in in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, y'all, thank you so much. Um, 
I'm don't. Yerm, uh, Baros, I think that uh, evil army has all their channelers now that can blow up walls. Also, they would be sieged, and with traveling, it is even worse. Every army is avoiding fighting within walls, right? But but you still have walls, as opposed to fighting in a field against an enemy that has you outnumbered and outsized, and that you still have to deal with the channelers on the field, like. Like, there, there's no, there's not really a benefit to that. Well, yeah, I'm like, is there a benefit to win the city? Maybe, is there a detriment to win the city? Maybe, like, I, I'm not actually sure. I just was like, oh, yeah, the book said it was a bad idea, and these people know better than I do. You, and, and they can't be sieged. There's, there is no siege in this world anymore. Like, sieging doesn't exist, because sieging isn't about anything other than cutting off Starving resources, yeah. but they don't need that. They yeah, because they teleport, can travel. Right? Joji, thank you for that super chat. Uh, competent villains are vital, and Power Strikes Back. Yes. A thousand percent. We love to see it. We it's why it. everyone talks about Empire Strikes Back as being the greatest sequel of all time, because it it made the villains insanely scary. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. They won every fight in that movie. Yep. And it's great. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, we get to the next chapter, which is 27? I believe so. Uh, Friendly Fire. Hell yeah. We get to some Gareth's. Why is this called Friendly Fire? Um, I, I don't know. I actually don't know why this chapter is called Friendly Fire. Is it because they're rocking kills Anna? Uh, yeah, but I, that's I not like that's an like... attack. No, I, I don't know. Weird. Um, yeah, so Gareth is, um, talking to Holcomb, uh, about the status of the Aes Sedai defenses and things are falling apart on the left side. It's like, oh no. Uh, Joni Chagrin, another named character... Uh, has fallen, has, but Uno... There, Uno is there. Uno's leading now, guys. Uno's back. He's yeah. in charge. One of the most competent cavalry fighters yeah. the world has ever seen, I guess. So that's, yeah. that's cool. We He's love, a horsey boy. We love Uno. Uh, you know, some people have horse girls, but the Wheel of Time has horse boys. Horse boys. Uh, and so uh, Brynn is like, Anna, go tell Fortuana that we need... Uh, people, the cavalry. And yeah. Anna's like, got it. And then a rockin' fucking squishes her. And so Min goes instead. Uh, it gets knocked out of the sky by the bad guys. It isn't friendly fire. Yeah. But I guess yeah. it is. I don't know. I, I don't, I, yeah. I didn't read this chapter title until now, and I'm just kind of like, I don't. Re I didn't really get a lot of friendly fire out of this. Uh, and Min is like, I can go. I can run fast. Uh, <laughs> and so Min... Min goes to the Sachin. Yeah, and like I, I want to call it out again because it's really brilliant. She has to crawl through a hole because they're saving energy. Yeah. Those little details, those little details, right. fucking incredible. I loved it so much. Yeah. Uh, Min goes there and is like, hey, uh, I'm here. I'm a messenger. And they're like, they were supposed to clear all the messengers before they came to our camp. And I was like, dude, it's a fucking war. It, what? What? The Sanjin are too organized. Uh, is the moral of the story here. Um, yeah. Because Katrona's like, hey, was there a rock in the fell from the sky? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm surprised you heard about that. And she's like, okay, well, I guess you told the truth. And Min's like, did you think I was lying? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought you were lying. I'm like, okay, at least you're honest. But like, I, I just, the, 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 the Sanchin are exhausting. Oh yeah, I fucking hate them. And the but, rest of this chapter, kind of exhausting. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of excited for Min versus Tuan. Because like, we know that like, um, we know that there's like people who can talk to the Empress in a certain way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling that like a doom speaker or whatever the fuck this is, a doom seer. Um, no, she is, is now like, the truth speaker because she is a doom seer. Yeah, but that means she can say whatever the fuck she wants to to Tuan and that's going to be really fun. I'm excited for that. Yeah. 
I hope. Well, I because, hope it's fun. Because, I just, I... Because uh, Tuan has to listen to her. The reason, look, the Sanchen are exhausting and the rules are, like, dumb. But this rule is going to work uh, in, in the good guy's favor because Min is has this position now of power and influence that Tuan has to listen to and the people in court have to listen to. I, and she can just do whatever. She's like, oh, these omens. Take I, it or leave it. I just wish that they had chosen to write it, that this is put in front of Min and she chooses to stay. That she sees the value in the moment and like... But she, how would she know? No, have, have the part of it where Matt explains what it means. But Matt wouldn't know either. There hasn't been one for 300 years. No, 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 no. But the truth speaker part. Why would Min think that she could be a truth speaker? Because she just, she's announced to be her new truth speaker. Yeah, because she can see shit. Like, that, like, Matt just, has no reason to tell Min about truth speakers. I would have liked for Min to be a little, have a little bit more agency in this moment. I agree. I just don't think there's any way to do that without it being, like, contrived. Because there's, there, there'd be no reason for Matt to know that Tuan really needs a truth speaker and doesn't want Seleucia to be both and then bring up truth speaker to men in this situation like there's just i i don't think there's any possible way i agree be nice if men had a choice and was like i can do some good here but she does end up kind of having choice because matt is like yeah you could leave or you could stay and rand would probably want you to be here and be like helping out in this way because yeah you're right men kind of useless doing clerk stuff and is like i I guess i'm helping in any way that i possibly can I and think then that she decides this, to stay. I think this could have been a little bit stronger from her point of view, and we could have gotten the vibe that Min was like, I'm going to do this intentionally. Yeah. And it would have, I, I think it would have saved the moment in a way that I think that, like, this makes Matt look really weak again, unfortunately, wow. because he just is like, he doesn't stand up for Min in this moment in a way that I think that earlier book Matt would have. And I think that it is the, like... Stand up for her how? Stand up to two on and be like, no, you can't just kidnap people. <laughs> Uh, I I just I I think that Matt looked really weak here personally, and you don't, and that's fine. I just think we just I have different of opinions on yeah, it. Yeah, I just thought that Matt saw the value of Min being. I there. understand. I understand your point of view. I disagree with it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. I think that this made Matt look weak again. I think that it was just fuel on the fire of Tuan being a piece of shit mm-hmm. that I don't need at this point. Like I I'm I'm already there. Min just being kidnapped into this plot line is fine. I just don't. I it, this was like okay, yeah, we're doing this again. I loved it. I'm so excited for Min to like to to influence here, especially with all like the knowledge she's gained from her readings from Herod Fell and the like philosophical side of Min. I'm like I'm I'm so fucking excited for the you, scenes with Min and you Tuan. love it for what you've created in your head, and yeah. not for what happened. Yeah, right. And so I really hope that I love those scenes mm-hmm. if I get them. Yeah, this but I'm not, I'm, I'm potential for like so much cool shit. I am not willing to hand over that anticipation to the books anymore because a lot of those things that I've wanted have not been there in the past. Right. Like the, these books haven't earned me anticipating that they're going to handle those things well because they've they mishandled the Sanchin, particularly on Matt, so poorly that I don't, I'm not anticipating that it goes well. And I think that that is my problem. Right, I think that that's because I'm at a point where I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. The, every time characters go to the Sanchin, I feel like they become worse characters in my eyes. Mm. And now Min has gotten dragged into the black hole that is this plot. These people. Yeah. Matt went there. I fucking hate everything that has happened since Matt married Tuan. 
as a character for him. Well, except when he was away from her at the tower, you know Right, what I mean? yeah, like, when he gets away from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. who gets dragged into the orbit of the Sanchin gets worse the closer they get to Tuan. Yeah. And so Min getting dragged into Tuan's orbit makes me, like, very nervous. Mm-hmm. And it makes you excited because you're like, she's going to fucking shatter this. She's going to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there going, fuck, not another character that I love getting wrecked by this. I just think it was like heavily foreshadowed because of the lines like, um, I have opinions on the Sanchin from Min and stuff like that. So I hope so. I And I, I sincerely, sincerely hope that you are right. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. I would fucking love for you to be right. Mm-hmm. I'm just nervous. And this, like, her getting dragged away and, like, dressed in different clothing did not make me feel like I was, like, better about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the viewing is interesting, though, in that uh, Min is, or uh, Tuan is going to kill a raven, but it's not Matt. Uh, I mean, kill also, like, that's, like, a question mark. It's one of those weird things where it's, like, a viewing, so... The stabbing could also be metaphorical. I, I don't I don't know. Don't know what that means. Gregory Love says There's... I I said uh, books ago that I hope Min stays away from the Sanchin because they ruin everyone. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. Um wait, there's there's yeah. another person that has the raven symbol, right? No. No. Mm, never mind. I was like, there's somebody else that has a connection to ravens, but I can't remember it. So I think I'm just making that up in my head. Yeah, she Anyways. also sees that Galligan is going to try and kill Matt. So that's fun. Yeah. He's going to do it poorly, I think. It's yeah. It's going to be like... To kind of like... A bad... Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like a half-assed attempt to test him. I, I don't I don't fucking know. Hasty Alderman says, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Uh, so um, if you're playing Baldur's Gate... Summon a familiar raven and see what the raven's name is. Oh, is it um, Sandman? No, it's Quoth. Oh, I don't know what that means. Quoth the raven. Sure. From the raven? From what? From? From the, 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 the raven. You've never read it? Oh, I was like, is that a movie? I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah, All no. Right. No, but yeah, the 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 Raven familiar in is called Quoth, which is the funniest joke. Uh, if you've read it, but apparently, um, you haven't. So, no. cool. Is it fantasy? Uh, no, it's then like... I would never have picked it up. Uh, <laughs> I basically only read fantasy and a bit of sci-fi. Anything that's too close to real life is boring. It's not close to real life. Cl- oh, okay. Cries in Marylanders. Sorry, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. I yeah. Mm-hmm. All. If there wasn't magic and dragons in that shit, I never picked it up. Uh, I, I, intentionally. You've I never read there's... any Edgar Allan Poe? Um, no. Wow, okay. No. Oh, it's a poem. Oh. Yeah. I read Shel Silverstein. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> the poetry that I read. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. One um, sister for sale. Min... That's, that's my poetry. Oh, uh, Matt sends Ty Lee and her first legion, the, the one Sanchin person I don't hate, uh, into combat. So Tylee, yeah, Tylee's all right, I guess. Oh God, um, too many men. Nerdy read a, ver- a parody version of the poem on this very podcast. I did. That is funny. Oh, I guess I didn't get the reference then. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I can't Shout believe I never read any Edgar Allan Poe in like college or in like high school. 
In high school, I read uh, Lord of the Flies three times because... Well, actually, sorry. Twice in high school, and then once I had to do it in college for the show because I did the all-female version of the show. And then I read... A Memory uh, of Light, Hi- Chapter 28, okay. Too Many Men. <laughs> All right, fine, I'll go pee. Are you peeing? Sure. Proud of you. Uh, your education has failed you, yeah. Uh, all right, y'all. We're in the final chapter of reading for the week. Let's go. It's not going to be a four-hour show this week. Was I more positive, chat? Are we? Are we happy with me again? Is everyone mad at me again? I don't know. I feel like everyone's just mad at me all the time. Did I did I bring it back this week? Um, you never read Dr. Seuss? No, never heard of him. Uh, Denzi says, but she's heard of him. Have you heard of Edgar Allan Poe? Okay, yeah, she says yes. Arzu's not mad at me, so everything's fine. Urukino says she's enjoy. He, uh, they are enjoying it this week. Thank you. <clears throat> um, all right. This is the final chapter. Uh, there's three points of view. All of them? All of them are pretty good. All of them are pretty good. I feel like I'm just trying to kill time until Clarice gets back. Um, it's been a good book club. Rastang, thank you so much. Uh, Bazimian says, how can we be mad? We're used to the flow of the show by now. <laughs> Zalabrand says they didn't stop watching this week. Uh, guys, I'm working on it. I want the show to be better because as we leave the Wheel of Time soon, I want I want people to like like the show and not just be here for the Wheel of Time. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm like I have a little bit of anxiety about what this show is going to be after um, the Wheel of Time is done, especially with the strike and not being able to talk about the TV program. Like it's gonna be weird. You know, we're going to we're going to have different names in chat. I feel like I've gotten used to um uh Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be weird. I'm I'm feeling I I I have a lot of emotion around uh this series being done for us. And uh that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Land's point of view. Are you mad at me? Why? Because I cut you off while you were listing the books you've read. Uh, no, I just <laughs> needed to pee. I'm yeah. Okay. You can be mad at me. It's fine. You're allowed to be mad at me. I just you know I thought that like tangents were part of the show. No, we but are can... on, we are on the rails, babe. It's it's okay. we're we're gonna end in under three hours. We're on the rails today. <laughs> we're not okay, sure sure <laughs> sure. Guys, less than three hour book club. Rustung, thank you for that super chat. I came for real thank time, you, but I've been saying for all the reactions. Looking forward to the next book series. Thank I'm, you for that. I'm, I'm looking forward to rereading Aragon. That's gonna be fun. I'm so freaking excited. We have a big surprise. Shut up. For that, and I cannot wait. I also can't wait, guys. The best book club is gonna be when you open your birthday present. I know it's your birthday. Happy birthday. We didn't sing happy birthday before we do you chapter twenty eight. Chat. Everyone, type out the lyrics of Happy Birthday one line at a time in chat as I sing. Uh, try and keep up with me. Here we go in three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Claru. This is fucking chaotic. 
to you. And many more. <laughs> thank you, chat. Chat, that was really beautiful. Uh, thank you so much. Are we off the rails enough for you now? Yes, I appreciate that. All right. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, chat. Thank you for indulging me as I sing happy birthday chat, to my wife. That was beautiful. As she turns 18, finally. Why you gotta make it weird? Because you turn 18 every year. You never age. No, you're that's an not lily. true. I don't want to be 18 forever. That sounds heinous. All right, you're 25. No, let me at least get to 30. Everyone says 30s are when you're But you you're not 30. Fun. I know. That's why. Let me get to 30, please. I, I, guys, I put in the effort. I put in the effort to get to 30. I'm almost there. I only got one year left. James please. Ross, thank you for that super chat. Let me get to 30, please. James Ross, thank you. Happy birthday. Let her rent a car. You're 25, so you can rent a car. Yeah. Let me drink legally in the States. Uh, Heisenberg says, Ner at Nerdy, are you guys rereading all of Aragon or just the new Murtag book? I'm confused. We're going to reread the entire series all before Murtag comes out yeah. in November. Yeah, it's going to be like a lead up. I probably won't be as divided into as many sections as like Below Time is. I don't know that it'll be divided at all. I think we're going to do a book a week, which is going to be tough. That is so much reading. I know. I thought we'd split them into two. We don't have enough weeks. Oh. You know, it would be fun. You know, it would be fun if for Eldest... We did two weeks, and one week was the Aragon stuff, and one week was the Roran stuff, and we read them in it, like separately, like. You do know that we have like. Four Shut up! Weeks. Let me have this. Let me have this. Right. Arazu, thank you so much for the five gifted membership. Thank you, Arazu. Thank you Jerusalem. So thank you for the super chat. Thank you. Happy birthday, Clarus, and stuff. Appreciate it. Lan learns that Agamar has made a mistake, uh, and he goes, and he's like, "Yo, Kazel, what would you do?" If you wanted to fuck up an army. And Kazel's like, would I would move do? these archers. And then Baldir is like, there's something wrong with Agamar. And so he's like, yo, messenger. What, you what did Agamar say? And he said, we're going to move those archers. And Lan is like, god damn it. Fuck. Don't do that, motherfucker. Here's what you're going to do. Delay that order. <laughs> Belay that order. Belay. Uh, yeah. And uh, he sends a couple of his Malkiri high guard. Because he has a queen's guard now. Yeah, um, why not? But it's like 50 people. Yeah. Uh, he To make sure that the messenger does what he says. <laughs> he's like, I don't fucking trust that kid. Hey, you never know. And uh, so he's like, well, if the, if the shadow spawn sneak up on us, mm -hmm. we'll know that Agamar is a dark friend. Or, or magic. Um, or magic. How did you think, uh, what did you think of how Lan handled the situation? I loved it. A lot of maturity here. Yeah, it was great. Like, he wasn't like mad about it. It's just one of those things where he had to deal with it he had to get shit done and he sussed out what was going on in a way that wasn't like you know like ball 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 deer whatever his name was was like mm, i don't know i'm kind of worried about him and lan was like okay well you know maybe a bit premature and then he realizes that like you just keep track of those things yeah and then you make the then you put all the puzzle pieces together and something sussed is going on I, uh, it was great this this week did a lot for me with Lan in terms. I, obviously, I wish I, I wanted that scene with Nynaeve, and I'm very disappointed we didn't get it. But the 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 Lan stuff that we did get is all great, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that it just really speaks to what kind of a king he's going to be in the Malkir that he builds after um, he retakes the blight. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it really just he has he has patience in his leadership mm -hmm. in a way that I think really sets him apart from a lot of the other characters. And this this POV did a really good job of showing that. And of um, just just showing how much he's embraced this thing he did not want, right? Yeah, and like yeah. Lance Ark, look, did I complain a lot about how he got here? Yeah, I did. 
him leaving, I didn't like it, but the way where it got him to, I'm so on board with that, like, whatever, I don't care. I, I'm really, really, really happy with it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will agree with that. Um... Yeah, but getting there, maybe not my favorite reasoning and stuffs, but uh, us being here, I've I've enjoyed a lot of land stuff, and yeah. he's back up there up there with like the S tier people. Um, Light by the fool. Thank you. So Thank you much for that super chat. That super chat. Happy birthday, Clarus. The money's for nerdy to spend on you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can I buy you things at con? Like what? Misty Mountain Gaming Dice. Oh, my God. Use code NerdyNightly15 to get 15% off your order at MistyMountainGaming.com. Get yourself some dice and some other D&D accoutrement uh, or uh, Pathfinder or The Expanse TTRPG by Green Ronin Publishing, who were uh, friends of the show. Uh, or, um, oh, yeah. Who else? What other? What, oh, Blades in the Dark. Forged in the Dark. Great systems. Uh, what are some other good systems? I don't know. Um, I won't even. I know. Oh, apparently there's like the br- br- witches brown brooms something or other that's fun. Kids on brooms. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um, yeah, thank you, appreciate that. We have so many dice though. I don't know if I need. I can't believe I'm saying this, but like I feel like satiated. I don't know if I need more dice this week. Okay, that's one of us. Uh, <laughs> you have booth time where I can do whatever I want, and you'll never know. God damn it, that's true. I can put it on the tangerine card, and you'll never know. Sure. <laughs> we cut over to Loyal. Who uh, sings the song. Sings the song. And uh, that's it. Good job, Loyal. I, you did it. I don't know what felt more deus ex machina this week. Literally God talking to Rand to be like, it is time. Or Loyal being <laughs> it like, is time. I'm singing a sad song. You know what? I'm being rude to these men by sing- being mourning them. I'm going to look to the future. And then he just sings the song. And he's like, oh, I can make plants grow. I mean, here's the thing. Did the old gear always know the song? Like, is it just the Tuatha on that are searching for it? No, because I feel like they would have, if they did know the song, they would have told the Tuatha on the song. Yeah, it's kind of rude for them to keep it right? secret. And right? so, like, he just, like, randomly comes up with the song in the moment. It's genetic memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His like ancestors, Matt. it's literally, like it is the Lion King. It they is. live in you. Hey, 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 They live in me. Brian, thank you so much for that super chat. Uh, thank you for the birthday wishes. Um, look, I'm not saying there's such thing as too many dice. I'm just saying, like, my, like, dice, inner dice goblin is satiated for about another week or so. We'll see after that, though. Wait, but, the, no, there's a difference between tree singing and the song, though. I don't actually think there is. I think there is, because the, the sure song the is about growing plants I, for food. I, I think the Ogier have just been, like, making the Tuatha and No, Rantel Moore says tree singing isn't the song. I don't... I think they really? are separate songs. I thought that it was the same. Yeah. Huh. The song from the from the Ruidian flashback mm-hmm. and tree singing aren't the same thing. Tree singing is about, like, getting a tree to give you a specific thing out of it. And the song is about, like, growing fields and crops. So this is the song and not tree singing? Yes. I think so. I think that's the implication of what this moment is. I have no idea. Because it's a song he's never sung before. So it can't be something, it's not his tree singing. Because in the text, it is a song he's never sung before, but is a song of growing. Which is the song from the Ruidian flashback with Rand. But the whole point of this is that he he suddenly sings a song that he's never sung before. And the plants grow. And the plants grow. Sure, yeah, okay. I don't know. Very confusing to me. There is no song. No, there is a song. Rand experiences it in his Ruidian flashback. Yeah. The, the the song is the song. That exists. Because in the Ruidian flashback, Rand is like watching the fields and they sing the song and it makes the plants grow. Yeah. 
but they've forgotten that song. The only person who remembered that song was the Green Man, but he was in fucking Eye of the World and none of the Ogier met him. The Ogier have been tracing, but they haven't been singing the song or else Lo Loyal would have sung the song before, but he's never sung the song before. He like comes up with the song in the moment because it's like blessed to him somehow. Loyal learns the song. He doesn't learn it. He, he is inspired it to it yes. by his realization about mankind. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What do you think the song sounds like? But I'd been forgotten that joke. No, I, it wouldn't be something like that. What what would the what would the actual song be? You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. Oh my god. You raise me up. That that actually um, makes sense. There are people in chat saying um the song for the Tinkers is not real. Like Simon Roberts says that. No, it is, because the, the Tinkers Rams. are the Jeniel from the Age of Legends, yeah. who Rand saw singing the song, which and was their whole thing. I thought Rand made that connection. It's like, oh, wow, yeah. they used to know the song. That's so sad. Book four put this all together, guys. It's all there in the Ridian flashback. I thought so, yeah. The Wind Beneath My Wings, that's a good one. It's clearly Hakuna Matata. Um, it's actually, Amazing Grace? I could see being Amazing Grace. It's actually... Near from, I love the, that but, you... But it's the Wheel of... But, it, but it's the Come From the Away come version. The Come From Away version? Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it's great. Nothing to do. Nothing okay, to see. Okay, okay. You're just slamming shit. Um, the song is Blank Space by Taylor Swift. Thank you for that super chat, Father Jerusalem, clearly. God damn it. No, if it's going to be a Taylor Swift song, it, song it's going to be, he wears short shorts and I wear sneakers. He's no, 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 cheer no. captain and I am on the bleachers. It's, it's, it's mean, actually. You... With your words like knives and swords and weapons that you use against me. I would it's love it. To the all dark the music one. in the Wheel of Time is to the dark just one. Is Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. It's the only music that survives the breaking. And Moradin is just like, or Lanfear. Ah! Lanfear's in Teleranriad, like watching Perrin from a distance being like, we are never, never, never getting, getting back, back together. together. We. And oh she's thinking God. about Rand and she's like, I'm going to fuck Perrin now. Anyway. So who sings Teardrops on my guitar? Is that Avienda? Um... What? What? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the Grease song. Um, the Grease song? Yeah. 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 Oh Taylor Swift is canonically is Asmodian. Asmodian. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Loyal is protecting the cannons with the Trollocs, or with your gear, fighting the Trollocs. And uh, it's it's this scene, very cool. Great. Hey, Brian Sanderson, this scene was fucking great. Very cool. I immediately didn't love... Him just like come up with a song, and then I thought about it for a second. And I was like, "No, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm here for it." It took me a second to get into it, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm into it." Mm -hmm. I, I kind of like the idea of like genetic memory in the Ogier. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Especially like they're different than humans, and I, I think that that's cool. Um, and so we end with Matt, and Matt is looking at the maps and is like, "There's no way these people can fucking draw maps worth shit." Guys, I'm going to the battlefield. And I was yeah. like, what? And he rips his clothes off. He gets naked. And Min's Almost. like, oh, you know what? I want to do that. And he's like, 100 bucks. Bet. Bet. Right Bet. now. Titty's out. And Min's like, fuck you. <laughs> that, that was great, honestly. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Bam, bam. He was a good friend of mine. I know what the song is. What? Look at this photograph. No. Every why? time I do it makes me laugh. Why is that? How did our eyes get so red? And what the hell is on Tuan's head? Honestly, fair. 
Fair. Uh, and Fair. so he's like, I'm going to the battlefield to see it for myself. And everyone is like, oh, what? How did you get clothes in here? And Matt is like, I can bribe people, but not the Death Watch guards. So yeah, they, we don't fuck they... around with them. But <laughs> everyone else, fair game. Uh, and and uh, Tuan is like, well, you know, the Prince of Raven said it. So why have you not hustled him there with the greatest haste? Here, Here's, look, I give Tuan a lot of shit. Uh-huh. Because she's the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. But... Tuan is like, I'm coming too. And I'm like, you know what? I approve of that decision. Yeah. Because if she goes to the battlefield, battlefield. (laughs) she might get hit by an arrow and die. Oh my God. Maybe that's going to be a friendly fire. I I said this last, I I finished the read last night. I was like, Clarus, Tuan's going to the battlefield. Maybe someone will kill her. I was so excited. Would not be mad about that. Um, the yeah. only problem is that, that we know that the next empress would be less agreeable. And I don't know how you can be less agreeable, but hey. This is also where Matt kind of, uh, and Min have a moment where Matt is kind of like, it would be beneficial to Rand for you to be the true speaker here. And Min's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, she's like, I can actually hopefully maybe be useful. I hope you're right in that that is what happens. I'm undetermined. I really, if Min can, if Min is the thing that solves the Sanchen problem in the series, I would love that. Yeah. I yeah. really would. No joke, no lie, no bullshit. I would really love it if Min solves the Sanchen problem for me. Yeah. Min is, we already know that Min is the greatest, so. Uh, and that is the end of the reading for this week. That's the end of the book club forever. This is where we're stopping. Uh, we will never do another Wheel of Time. Um, I'm actually never going to read again. I've decided uh, that oh. uh, I will do text-to-speech for chat from now on, and I will never read another book. Oh, wow. This was okay. the last This was the last thing. Seems kind of, um, I don't know, inconvenient. Why? Well, what if you have to, like, get somewhere and you can't read the address? Tough luck. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. I guess I could listen to it from now on. Wait. I, I fucked up. <laughs> there are audiobooks. Loopholes. Uh, how will you play Baldur's Gate 3, then? Facts. Simon, facts. Fuck. Straight facts. Okay, I'm going to read. Yeah, yeah. There's Game a lot games. of reading in that game. Yeah. And I don't do it. And then Chad is like, you need to read so that you can solve the puzzles and not just brute force it. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. I killed the skeletons. It's fine. Uh, all right, chat. Clarus and I are going to do high-low. Clarus, we got to get to Fan Expo. So we're going to, we're, we're trying to get out of here by two. Uh, high-low, my childhood, dinner table. We would commiserate over each other's lows, celebrate each other's highs. It was a thing. Brought my blended family together because I've got stepsisters, half-brothers. My, my family's a fucking mess. Uh, it's train wreck. You can't look away. Uh, so, Clarus is going to do her high. I do my low. She does her low. I do my high because we compliment sandwich this biche. Because sometimes I am too mean to these books, according to the comments under the videos. Clarus, uh-huh. what is your high for this week? And don't steal mine because I will murder you. Um, oh, I feel like you. you I feel like I kind of gave it away with my passion. Um, but my high of this book was Egwene being like, "All right, Tuan, put on the fucking collar, bitch." Yeah. Bet. I was like, "Yes, please, more of this." Uh, so that that is my high for this for this section. I'm with you on that fantastic moment. Yeah. What is my low? You might ask. It's a good. It's actually harder than I, I would have thought. But uh, it's it is the stuff that didn't happen. It's the stuff that skipped over. Uh, which is nice that it isn't something that I actually read this week. I don't like the Min Sanchen stuff, but whatever. I am at this point complaining about them is just a waste of my time. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, just just not getting nine even lands goodbye. Just just having their last moment be five books ago is is like, and and obviously like a- after everything they might get a moment together. Um, but it just it feels very weird to me that these characters who have the ability to move around so easily 
don't have scenes with the people they love. I, yeah. I find it very odd. Milo is, uh, funnily enough, also like stuff that's not really there. Um, oh, I forgot about like, my actual low. Oh. Yeah, Swan surviving because you Kiri knew a fucking thing. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. I, I read that literally last Friday because I needed to know what happened with the whole Swan stuff. So and I so like I forgot Virgo. about it. But yeah, that's my yeah. low. Fuck that bullshit. Milo is that Olivia is missing. Yes. Even though she seems to be like super duper important. Um, and she her name was mentioned like once. So that yeah, Milo is also stuff that's also not included. Um, yeah, because I I feel like she's necessary. Uh, but what's your high? Did I steal it? No, it's the thing I hyped up so much in the talking. It, it's the Redelatoral de POV. Yeah, it's it really was one of the most exciting um, pieces of writing I've read in the entire series. I really be, because he was frail in it. Um, it it had more weight than anything else. Uh, it reminded me, honestly, of uh, chap- of book three, the, the parent chapter that is still my favorite chapter in the whole series. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, having some frailty to some of these people is so valuable yeah. uh, to the writing. And they did um, they did Rodell so well in that. And, and they showed a, a kind of strength that is more valuable than confidence, which is the strength of someone who is persisting um, despite what they are struggling with. Yeah. And that to me is uh, one of my favorite things ever in the whole series. Uh, and so it's definitely my high of the week because it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I hear you there. That yeah. he's, he's, he's a great fucking character. Yeah. Him, him and Andral, um, yeah. are like characters that are introduced much later and have a lot of incredible weight and great moments. I agree with that. Yeah. That's going to be Book Club for the week, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with chapters, I think it's 29 to 35? 36, I think, because then the following week is, is 37. Isn't 36 the last battle? No, it's 37 is the last battle. Okay, so yeah, it's till 36, and then yeah, the week yeah. after that, we're doing 37, 38, and 39. Yes, yes, yes. And then the week after that, yeah. So two weeks from now, we're doing chapter 29 to 36. I'm really excited to continue reading. Uh, which I wasn't last week, and so I'm. I, I feel like this this section of reading really brought me back into the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of good here. I think that I think that there was so much that had to get set up in the first half of this book, and I found it clunky personally, mm-hmm. and it I wasn't my favorite way of setting up the last battle. But now that those things are set up, I do feel like. Uh, honestly, I think that if we had read the entire book and then talked about it, I just would not have talked about the first half of the book you very much. would have fucking motored through it. Well, and in the discussing it, I've been mean, like, none of that was really all that important. Exactly, because it's just back and forth yeah. and the, the push and the pull, which is fun to read about and, and everything, but yeah. It just, the, the first half of the book was a little bit clunky, and now that things are kind of, they've been clunked into place, it is getting really interesting, and I'm having a lot of... Um, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm really excited for, for where we're going from here, and I hope that some of your optimism comes true. Because your opti- your optimism uh, sounds like a great book. Thank you. Yeah. I think I appreciate that. Uh, if you want to follow us around the internet, you can. I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clarice Polaris. Sorry, I got distracted. If you want to follow us around the internet, that's where it is. Uh, if you like this video, like and subscribe to the channel. If you don't, hit the dislike button. Leave me in comments down below because the algorithm god is hungry. We must feed her. This episode, that algorithm goddess is Elmandreda Fairshaw. Yeah. Uh, I love <laughs> I love that one of the Aes Sedai is like, Elmandrela, what are you doing here? And she's like, shut the fuck up. You're too alone. fair to be working. And she's like, it's the last battle. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, that was very funny. Uh, with that having been said, drop us a five-star review. We will start reading those uh, when we start getting them. So let it let us, and if you have dropped one and I haven't read it, let me know. I'll go find it. Uh, but uh, yeah, drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Respond to the question on Spotify. Do all of those things. They really help us out. 
Uh, even if you watch it on YouTube, go to Spotify and just answer whatever the question is. Usually sure. it's, did you like this? Uh, did you like it? I uh, would love feedback on the show and what you... Uh, we we want to change the show up a little bit as we head out of the Wheel of Time. So if you have any ideas for like what kind of segments and stuff you would like from a book podcast that is not just so Wheel of Time focused and is more moving into the larger world of fantasy publishing, stuff. Uh, let us know. Um, and uh, we might be doing a poll soon for what the next book series will be. Uh, after Aragon. After after Murtog. Yes, 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 yes. We definitely want to cover the new Aragon book. Uh, we're very excited for it. So. Yeah, Bizimian, thank you for that super chat and for the birthday wishes. I really appreciate that. Uh, Clarus. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think that's everything we needed to say. Oh, uh, thank you again to Miss Mountain Gaming for sponsoring the show. Uh, if you want the best dice in the business, go to MissMountainGaming.com. Use code NERDYNIGHTLY15 for 15% off your order. They have a uh, lifetime warranty. They do have a lifetime warranty. Cool. If you break your stone dice, that's impressive. fucking how. That's impressive. You're doing, you're doing D&D wrong. <laughs> you're not supposed to use hammers in D&D. Yeah. Except in the game. You're not supposed to throw them at people. Yeah. You roll them. Ah, uh, Clarus. Add some sex. Man, everyone's so busy. I obviously think that, like, Lan and Nynaeve should have had a fucking moment. Oh, they should have fucked. They should have boned down real hard. Yeah. Um, Same with, like, well, actually, I guess Avienda and Rand kind of, like, had that moment. But Min but, and Rand like, didn't. We didn't really get that yeah. moment. We got that moment with Avienda. We got it with Elaine. We didn't get it with Min. Yeah, she's just kind of been there fucking him this whole time, though. So, like, but it know, just, she's already got it. It feels like Moraine and Ketswain and all of them kind of overshadowed our final moments between Min and Rand. And that's disappointing to me. Because we got like a night with Avienda, we got a night with Elaine, and I wish we'd gotten a night with Min. Fair. Yeah, I think that that's fair. He's just kind of like, ah, you're a liability. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's really anywhere else. Everyone's like in the middle of fighting. So, I feel like it's tough to add sex scenes into this. Um, oh, um, Smart Corner, Matt puts his hand on two on in Min's boobs, and they solved the Sanchin issue by fucking it out. That would be a threesome. That would be a threesome. Uh, technically. Uh, <laughs> technically. Actually, it's going to be... The, so, so the Dark One is going to be defeated in a threesome between the creator and the Dark One and Rand. Rand oh. is, like, the mediator for it, right? Because yeah. the Dark One and the creator, unfortunately, can't, like, touch one another. And so Rand is going to touch them for one another. And it's going to be really beautiful. Sure. <laughs> I have good ideas, okay? I'm still mad that I was wrong about the fucking eels. Yeah. Fine. I thought it was Sorry. a cool idea. I hope the Red Veil AEL do something interesting in the rest of the book. I really do. Yeah. They're fucking each other for sure. There's oh, a there's a lot of yeah. bottoming going on among the Red Veil Yeah, 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 yeah. They they got time to kill and they kill it by murdering and fucking. It really is tough to add sex right now because like where would you where do you put it? Good question. No idea. In the pussy. Uh thank you everybody. That's our show for the week. Wow. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you to our mods. Goodbye. Bye, guys. See you in two weeks. <laughs> oh, everyone, watch the Train to Busan reaction tomorrow, please. Yeah. Give that views. It's really it's really good. We cry really hard. It's a good time. We cry. I weep. It's that a, movie is it's a, a good, masterpiece. Good, good movie. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Bye, friends. Bye.